Do not make that the fucking pull quote, Tony. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Dice Like Ice, episode 21. I'm your host, Tony Acton, and with me, as always, the baggot to my Claude, Andrew Mitchell. Uh, hang on, I know those names. That's, um, uh, uh, one of the Warhammer, uh, like, crime books, Look right? at you, yes, it is the Warhammer crime book. Uh, what is this one called? Like, Dredge Runners, I think? Yes, the yeah, Dredge like Runners. It's the, uh, the half, or the, um... The Rattling, Rattling and the fucking Ogren. Because yeah. uh, the he's the one that got shot in the head and he became smart for an Ogren, right? Uh, no, 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 no. I don't. Well, I don't know. Maybe smart for an Ogren. Uh, he's like he's basically Limmy from Of Mice and Men, if I understand it correctly. Ah, uh, okay. Good yeah. heart, uh, but big and dumb. I, I I was surprised I knew that one. <laughs> I'm all right. Go you. I was gonna do uh, Rain and Rouse. You know, the uh, the two from Blackstone Fortress, the Rattling Sniper Brothers? Oh, I wouldn't have gotten that one. <laughs> oh, wow. all right. Well, live and learn, I guess. I, I have a bunch of random bullshit Warhammer stuff rattling around in my skull, so you never know which one is <laughs> going to be gonna be relevant. In my defense, there's like 40-some-odd years of stuff, so, you know. Yeah. there's a, God, there's so much stuff. Oh, man. So, uh, listeners, as you can probably tell, I'm a bit... Uh, recovering from being under the weather so apologies for any weird sounds that i might have and any background mouth breathing that i can't edit out so you know deal with it or don't yeah or just skip this one <laughs> or Who knows? just or just skip don't skip this one this is actually going to be a good one if you're gonna skip this one please consider donating to our patreon <laughs> so tony can buy more cold medicine just just getting that one in early before you pull the ripcord go, okay speaking of the ripcord andrew what's our sponsor Whoa, what a segue. As always, we are sponsored by Grip and Rip. Oh, this was an interesting sounding can when it opened. Wait, does it have a... Did you get a nitro? No, that's what I thought. I don't know if you... I was tapping it because I don't believe it is. No, it's not a nitro. It just... It, God, had, love, that, it had that sound. I know it's a little bit of a goofy gimmicky kind of thing, but I love a nitro just because every time you open it, it sounds like a fucking rocket taking yeah. off. It's so fun. Uh, what you drinking, Andrew? Ah, well, I'm keeping it uh, Athens local today. I uh, picked up some Terrapin uh, brewery stuff, and uh, since it's um, getting close to the holidays, they're getting some special brews out, so I picked up a white chocolate Moohoo stout. Oh, all right. It is um, distinctly okay. I think I'd rather just have the plain Moohoo, honestly. I managed to spill beer on myself by trying to read my fucking can. Oh, nice. (laughs) This is a very full can, like a very fucking full can. Oh, God, it's everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Well, as soon as you clean that, what what are you attempting to drink? Well, uh, I have uh, a Georgia one as well. Uh, It is Wild Haven Beers, Regarding Your Car's Extended Warranty, Volume 2, Easygoing IPA, brewed with Talus, Cryopop, Citra, and Mosaic Hops. That has to be a huge can to fit that fucking novella of a title on it. It is. It is a. It's a big boy can, that's for sure. Just like a tall boy. Yeah, it's. A, it looks like a tall boy. It's probably sixteen ounces. Okay. Uh, Trying to find its ABV, which last time I did that, I spilled beer everywhere. Uh, <laughs> its label says potential spam detected. Nice. Moohoo's a six point one, so oh. nothing, nothing too wacky yeah, about this six, one. Six point eight. This is a. It's a. It's a one pint can. 
Uh, yeah, this one's got some bullshit on the back about cacao nibs. I'm not. It's like a whole paragraph. Yeah. I'm not reading it. It's it's white chocolate milk stout. <laughs> it's okay. I, yeah. I'd give it like a three out of five. I I drink it again, but it's nothing special. Like like a lot of terrapin stuff these days, honestly. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, this one's actually really good. This was a uh, a gift from uh, Doctor Chris oh. of uh, Nova episode fame. We, uh, him and I, uh, our forty k wizard, our forty k wizard. Him and I are both uh, football guys, and he's a Tennessee fan. I'm a Georgia fan, so we had a six pack in it for the winter, and Georgia won, so I got a six pack out of it. Nice, pretty solid beer. What so, is? I think Terrapin got bought by Anheuser Busch or uh, one I, of those big ones. I think so. It was like eight or so years ago, seven or eight years ago, I believe. Yeah, they've definitely done the whole big beer thing where their their flavors gotten a little homogenized. Most of their yeah. most of their brews are just okay at this point, unfortunately. I give them a a taste every now and again just to see if they got a new like I don't know head brewer or whatever like just putting it back in the old like you know downtown Athens brewery vibes. But nah, yeah, they're they're big now. When when they do their signature brews, like some of their uh, their blood orange IPA they release is really good. Uh, their recreation ale, their easy rider, whenever you see those kind of things pop around, they're very good. Recreation ale is a solid, just like drinking beer. That's it, for sure. It really yeah. is. It is. I, I like, like uh, um, classic city classic lager. City lager. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's my summer beer when I'm not doing it's, something wacky for the podcast. It's a great kayak beer. Yes, that is absolutely a uh, Cab- like a light afternoon hike kind of beer. Yeah, it is a cabrew for sure. But hey, uh, not much afternoon hiking going on because it's fall and it's actually chilly outside in Georgia it, for once. It feels so nice out. I love it. Uh, it's going to be a low of 27 on Sunday. Nice. I know. That's like, for those of you who live up north, you know, before you send us an email going, oh, well, I have to jump into a blast furnace to feel feelings again. This is Georgia. We don't do that. <laughs> it's like 27 yeah, is about as cold was, as it gets. It was like 82 two weeks ago. I know. It was awful. I was dying. <laughs> Oh man! So before Ugh. we go too far off the rails, uh, Andrew, what uh, what you been working on in the old hobby world? It's been about two and a half so weeks since we uh, since we last episoded. Yeah, actually, uh, got a pretty good bit of stuff done since the last time we recorded. Uh, we'll start off with purchases because those count. Those do so, count. So um, I did purchase finally because they weren't released at the same time with the. Uh, the Battle Tome uh, for the Sons of Bayamot. I got their War Scroll cards as well as the big feet dice that uh, are specific for the army. So the sixes are little feats. Still disappointed um, that they're normal sized dice and not just fucking huge. Yeah. Or we were, the inverse, comically small. That would have been good too. We were playing with uh, our, our normal gaming group doing some Mage of Sigmar one night this week. Spoiler for upcoming days played. And uh, our buddy Jeff uh, was playing Ogres and they had specific Ogre dice from uh, first edition, I think, of uh, of Age of Sigmar. And yeah. they're huge. It's like, they're like an inch on each side. It's a giant die. It's ridiculous. <laughs> oh, sorry. Continuing my routine of uh, having a sip and then going first and having to burp between our <laughs> sentence. Well, uh, if nothing after- else, we're creatures of habit, Andrew. It's definitely true. Uh, after purchasing that, I did also purchase the uh, unexpectedly dropped Goff Rocker model to uh, sit on my uh, my computer desk with my Noise Marine model that I painted up. Um, just really fun, out of the blue mini that I don't I don't think anybody was thinking that was actually going to happen anytime soon because uh, the last Goff Rocker was in metal back from like '92 or something ridiculous. And it's awesome. So, and it's awesome. They also put out a little. Uh, uh music hammer video. and bolter animated music video to go with it's it for the season fantastic well, that was pretty funny yeah um 
Let's see, that is all of my purchases. Uh, so I did actually do a pretty good bit of building this time. Wait, did you, um, not, did you not buy the Space Wizard? No, not yet, not yet. Oh. Uh, I got enough on my back catalog that I'm like, ah, it'll be a while before I actually get to them. So okay. uh, yeah, no, whatever. Um, one that I actually forgot a couple of weeks ago was uh, I picked up the boxes over there, and I don't feel like taking my headphones off. I completely forget his name. <laughs> the uh, Warhammer Plus uh, Chaos Terminator. He, I got oh, him yeah. in a couple weeks ago. Um, I'm, I'm keeping him. I haven't built him yet, but I'm keeping him as just like a one-off model for when I totally need to paint something other than what I'm painting. For some um, weird reason, I still cannot get my year two model. Weird. It should be ready for everybody at this point. You would think that. Well, fingers crossed you can get it sometime soon. Eh, I mean, I don't play Chaos, so it's not that big of a deal to me. That's fair, that's fair. This is a pretty disappointing one if you're one of those goody-goody two-shoe guys. I mean, now, I love the Chaos Wizard model. I think that's cool as fuck, and all his little uh, little henchmans are great. Oh, it's worth it just for Tiny Knight with Giant Sword. Oh, yeah, no, I'm going to fucking play a Halfling Fighter in full plate in my next D&D campaign if I get that guy. That'd be awesome. Right? Or you could play as, like, a sentient pot with legs or whatever other crap there is. I think there's uh, also, like, a hand. Uh, I think there's a book with legs, and then there's, like, a weird frog thing with like a leech mouth i don't know there's a lot of chaosy bullshit yeah, but it's, it's all it's great harkening back to uh the old chaos familiars models from the 90s and 2000s yeah any but uh <laughs> i did actually build a good bit of stuff um like we said on our uh our post nova chat uh we won the laser or we got second place at laser tag and they gave us a uh a, a kill team start set and i actually picked up um Chaos-Blooded Trader Guard, as I said in a couple of podcasts ago, uh, and I built them, and I hate not being able to easily have the options WYSIWYG, so uh, I built the Kriegers that came in that box set and converted them to Chaos, which was really easy, actually. Uh, the arms fit perfectly, the exact same size. It took almost nothing to get them to, to line up on the Krieger models. Uh, and then the only thing I had to change to get the Chaos heads on was um, there's like a little shelf that the Krieger gas masks go on on the neck. And so I kind of had to like dig those out with a Zacto knife to make them kind of a, uh, a concave bowl sort of thing. So I could actually little, slot the little heads in. But uh, yeah, other than like 30 minutes of doing that, they went together super smooth and easy. Very little that had to be done to make them chaosy because the shoulder pads all have spikes on them. So I didn't even really have to like add any extra bits or anything. They just looked like some Kriegers that took off their masks and went, well, for chaos, I guess. <laughs> um, so that was a lot of fun. I also uh, went ahead and built the uh, the Orc Commandos that came in it because the previous one I bought when I got the Kill Team box on release with all the terrain and stuff, I built them with all the wacky guns, you know, like the Daka Boy and the one that has like the Breacher Rammer and the, and the Sniper and all that. Uh, I built this one with the knob with the Power Axe or the Big Chopper rather. Um, I got I to gotta get back in the Orky mindset. Yeah, cool. Uh, I built him with the, the big choppa, and then I built all of the commandos with just the basic shooters, just so I could have, like, the cheap options, um, just so I could mix and match, and because uh, it'd be more likely I would take them in a game of 40k when I feel like playing orcs again than it would be I take the wacky guns that come with the uh, the rest of the kill team box. Um, got them primed, and I actually got my all my chaos guys, the converted ones included, fully painted. Uh, I just have to sit down and do the basing this weekend, and I did go ahead and get started on that because I'm really bad about letting basing slide for a long time. I say, looking at my orc army, that's about uh, three-fourths unbased. <laughs> All of the infantry is not based, other than the uh, the, the Beast Boys. Um, so yeah, I got that done. Um, 
and we actually ended up playing a bit of Kill Team. Cut to uh, 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 our our games played in a little bit, but uh, we'll get to that later. Um, let's see. After I did that, I actually finished top to bottom, bases included, my Leagues of Votan starter box. Yeah, they look um, great. Thank you. I I don't know why, but for some reason, when I saw those guys, my immediate thought was, I'm painting their armor gold, and I just sort of went with that. Uh, felt very dwarfy to me. Short, so. dumpy custodies. Yeah, that's kind of what they look like, honestly. Uh, I was initially going to do them gold and red, but the red was a little too poppy, so we ended up going with a, uh, a nice dark green for their jumpsuits, uh, black for their for their armor, or for their weapons, like the weapon casings and such. Um, and then the, the, all the leather was like a really dark gray. I based it with Corvus Black and then built it up to Mechanicus uh, Standard and then highlighted with the Benestratum where I wanted to. Um, so pretty, pretty simple paint scheme. It really wasn't very hard, uh, to get up to there. Um, even the gold was super easy. Retributor armor covers so goddamn well. That's the best metallic paint that has ever been created. Genuinely only needs like one coat, which is outrageous. Mm -hmm. And then if you hit Um, it with like a Reichland flesh shade wash, it's perfection. Yeah, that's exactly what I did. The Reichland flesh shade. And then I layered back up, uh, on the, the raised parts with more, uh, Retributor armor, and then I tried Gehenna gold on top of that, but it didn't really add very much to yeah. it. Uh, I thought it might give it just a little bit of extra pop, but I ended up just um, edge highlighting with Stormhost silver, and that was that was enough, and came out <clears throat> very well. I feel um, this the bases I did uh, get some of the technical paint from Green Stuff World to um, make kind of a crackling ice effect, which was really cool. Uh, I just painted the base blue and then put the crackling ice on top of it, and just looks like they're walking out on a, an icy lake. Um, and then the dirt, I just did, uh, Sterling battle mire and then put a bunch of snow effects on top of it. And I got some, uh, some wacky neon purple grass to put on it. So it looks like they're on an alien world. I think it came together very well. I'm very happy with how they turned out. Man, you're, I, uh, you're starting to sound like me over there right now with this fucking gunk in your throat, kiddo. Yeah, I know. It's this fucking muhu. It's just, it's getting stuck in the back of the throat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, very thick beer. Um, yeah, so I'm very excited to get more Votan eventually just to continue that, that scheme. I got to figure out how to do like large vehicles. Like I'm trying to imagine how I would do the Hecaton land fortress in that gold. I think I'd probably do like the undercarriage area black and just do like the top plates gold, but I'd I'd have to see it in person to really figure out what the hell I do. Um, so that's that. After that, I have uh, finally gotten started on King Broad for the Mega Gargants. And, Papa uh, Smurf himself. Yes, I am painting him kind of like a, like a D&D frost giant. So he has very blue skin. Um, and that's been just my past four or five painting sessions, just slowly building up that blue skin. Because he has a lot of skin to build up flesh tones on. Holy shit. Uh, but I feel like it came out pretty well. And uh, I'm now getting base coats started on all of the cloth and various bits and bobs he has dangling off of his uh, his weird giant makeshift belt. So uh, that's where I ended about... What time is it? About two and a half hours ago. <laughs> and uh, that is me for Hobby Progress. How about you, Tony? What have you got going on? Uh, So... I haven't had a whole lot of time to work on Hobby Progress, except for about the last five and a half days. And boy howdy have I made it fucking count. So I built the crew kill team a while back. Uh, I got the first seven of the twelve fully painted. Uh, The last five are at about 60-70% skin tones and basing it on uh, color blocking on the, the cloth and whatnot. 
But the, uh, the big thing is, uh, astute listeners will remember I had talked about, I had finished building and magnetizing my armagers and was starting to magnetize the arms on my knights. Uh, well now all three of the knights are totally built and done with the exception of putting on their last little bits that I was going to do after painting. Uh, all six of the armagers are fully painted totally done i can do a little bit more to them but they are all to tabletop or a hair past two of the big knights are also fully painted to tabletop and then the last big knight just has a little bit of detail left on to do on the the shoulders and then i'm going to do transfers on them but i don't i don't know exactly what transfers i'm going to do yet so i'm going to hold on those uh, and then i've just got to base them and i'll have painted a 2000 point knight army in a week and a half because i'm a fucking sociopath apparently yeah that's a uh pretty outrageous how quickly that you've was, gotten that night army that was a lot of just fucking paint holy crap there's a lot of real estate on those dudes how uh how little sleep did you end up getting due to that eh, about normal i mean i was up coughing with the fucking flu so i was like well i might as well do something productive so i just color blocked all night <laughs> i'm gonna the, feel like crap all night anyway yeah, might as well do something the worst was trying to paint shit when i had the hiccups for like 20 straight goddamn hours that was Jesus. awful, but I like I was like, well, I can't sleep. Fucking nothing else I was doing, so I was just I was just fucking painting and just painting in between hiccuping. It was, it was kind of my nightmare, but you know I got a lot of shit done, so there's that. I mean, that is something. <laughs> yeah, um, that's the only real like hobby progress I've got. But purchases count, and your boy's getting the new guard box. Oh, I'm so excited! I'm so fucking excited, Andrew. They're so Dude, fucking I cool. After building these Chaos Blooded, I kind of want to make a Chaos Trader card. Do it, army. man. Do it. I'm not going to. I have way too many things in the back there. But it, I'd have to spend so long getting all these arms and attachments and stuff. But man, it would be really cool oh, with those new models. God, dude. It's like the more I looked at it, I was like, you know, I'll probably just. My initial thought was I'll just pick up the fucking codex and the cards secondhand from somebody. Because, you know, people are going to get multiple boxes of it. Oh, yeah. And then I was like. Maybe I'm going to be the guy who flips a fucking codex and cards because I might buy multiple boxes. There's just, it's it's just a good basic starter set. You get a shitload of guys. It is, and everything in it's the new. I don't care about the Sentinel, but you get two of the, you get the big fucking um, field gun pieces. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I got, I got the burps as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's a phenomenal deal. Uh, I haven't picked up the Goff Rocker yet. I'll probably end up getting that, but I'll probably just buy it at the store. I actually got a notification for mine uh, like three or four hours ago that it got shipped, so I'll probably have it by Monday or Tuesday. Uh, Troll Horde? No, I actually got it from GW. Oh, Um, shit. Yeah, just with the shipping and everything, it ended up being about the same regardless. I I ordered um, my my Cadia Stands box from Troll Horde because uh, on the Badcast they had done a thing where People were looking at their birth month white dwarf. And uh, I just, you know, I was like, oh, I wonder if what, what mine is. Uh, it's the wildest cover I've ever seen. Yeah, it, that one's wacky. It's it's like, I don't know if it's a Necromunda article. I feel like it's a Necromunda thing. Or it, maybe, maybe Gorkamorka, since there are some humans on yeah, Gorkamorka. It's, it's, it's June 1988, but it looks like this fucking weird Goliath dude that I don't he, know how to describe him he's without little, uh, being mean. 
I will say the uh, the not particularly offensive word derpy. He's a little yes, derpy. Yes, let's call him that. And he's like about to be run over by this weird ass like blue space car. Yeah, that's a, that's it a is, particularly weird it one. It is the special street illegal dark future issue. <laughs> so I'm, I'm excited to see what kind of wacky bullshit's in that. I have uh, yet to purchase my birth uh, white dwarf, but uh, I'll probably get one eventually. Yeah, I, I always, whenever I'm like looking at old white dwarves, I always see if that one's flittering because it has like a big ass dragon on it, doesn't it? Uh, pretty sure. Give me two seconds and I will double check. Because it was, you're 1990, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's got the cool green dragon on it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's good art. Yeah, like that's that's your fucking. That's some wizard metal fantasy art right there, dude. Uh, it's on Amazon for 13 bucks. Might have to grab one. Games Workshop present them monthly. Me- yeah, but yours doesn't have a, a cool fucking splash on it like mine does. Yeah, mine doesn't have a derpy dude about to get run over by a dragon. That's true. <laughs> Uh, let's see. It's yours has a. I'd say yours looks kind of like um, if a potato became a human. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Oh, yours has uh, the heavy medical. Oh man, Andrew, this is the heavy metal article about the uh, the new metal aspect warriors for Eldar that are oh. still the current aspect warriors. No, no, for no, Eldar. no. They got they got new aspect. Oh, warriors. they did. They did. Like uh, a year ago, they they finally did it. It took them thirty years. No, I'm pretty sure that's still the same fire dragons. It's oh yeah, the fire dragons. It's definitely still one of the same warlocks. They do have new dark reapers. There's new swooping hawks, and there are new banshees. Okay, bah. Of course, mine is all about Eldar, the faction that I have no give a damn about. Yeah, well, what can you do? (laughs) Yeah, Uh, can't can't help when I was born, I suppose. (laughs) But yeah, that's uh, that's really the hobby progress that I've got. uh, I've got going. I will say an airbrush helped a lot with those knights as well, even just blocking in armor plates. Yeah, I'd bet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm still gonna base them. I think. I think I'm gonna do a basing similar to what we did on our uh, display board. That kind of like rocky, not necessarily coast like we done that one, but that uh, that like rocky earth. And then I got all those uh, cool flowers and shrubs and shit from the yeah. Green Stuff World Order. Since they're supposed to be Ag World anyway, I think I'm gonna spread that across all my uh, my armies and use that as my unified basing scheme. That way there's nice little pops of color in the grim dark that I paint. Yeah, that sounds like a good way to kind of balance that out a little bit. Yeah. Make I, sure the uh, the bases don't get lost because sometimes that happens, unfortunately. Exactly, exactly. And it, uh, colored plants would be a good way to help designate squads when all my guard are on the fucking table together. <laughs> blue flowers are heavy weapons team. No, no, like uh, blue, like, you know, if it's got a blue flower and a red flower on it, it's this squad. If it's a red flower and a green flower, it's this squad. That's just too much shit to keep track of. <laughs> I mean, I also do shoulder markings on all my guys, but that can get kind of washed out at a distance. You can also see more colors than I can, so maybe it works. Okay, better. yeah, that's yeah, that's that's legit. I wasn't gonna <laughs> say it. I wasn't gonna say it this time. Hey, I'm I'm allowed to make fun of my handicap. That's true. I still really, really am tempted to get you that fucking shirt for Christmas, Andrew. Uh, the one that says "fuck the colorblind" or something. No, no, no. It's uh, it's a shirt that's. It's it's a blue shirt, but it says I may be colorblind, but I know I look good in red. <laughs> okay, that's pretty good, actually. <laughs> yeah, it's like ooh, ooh, I, I I might, I might, you might, you might have that. It would need to be a brown shirt to see to show how my busted eyes All right, work. That's... So it's the only problem with that joke. <laughs> okay, because reds tend to look brown to me. 
Okay, well, I'll have to find a brown shirt then. I mean, I'm sure you could get it custom made. I was about really to say, my to mom's commit. got a cricket. I could just fucking make it. If you really want to commit to the goof. <laughs> well, it is me, and that's what I do. Commit to the bit. That is fair. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. So, uh, Andrew, in a strange turn of events, we haven't played any games against one another. Yeah, normally that's most of our games yeah. played. But, uh, well, we had one that we played together, but it wasn't necessarily against each other. We did? Yeah. Well, I guess I'll start. Uh, so, first game we played uh, for our boys, our boy Phil's birthday, uh, his fortieth one. He's he's officially uh, an old man now. Oh, uh, we got together and played some secret. That wasn't Hitler. that wasn't a fucking Warhammer game. Doesn't have to be Warhammer. This game is Polygamerous, or it was podcast Polygamerous. We just tend to do Warhammer. I was like racking my brain, being like, "Dude, I don't remember the last game I played with Phil that wasn't that Sigmar doubles in like July." <laughs> Sounds like you need to play against Phil again. I do need to play uh, against Phil again. You hear that, yeah, Phil? So I'm calling you out. I, I'm counting it. We played Secret <laughs> Hitler, and it was a very good time. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Secret Hitler is—it's kind of like Werewolf or Mafia. It's one of those yeah. like hit and roll type games where you're trying to suss out who's Hitler. Uh, and it was very funny because it was the first time I'd ever played that game. And the very first round, I was the Hitler and I won. <laughs> Fucking I was, uh, yeah, it was uh, totally unexpected. And it was really funny because I, I just did the one thing early on where I passed like one liberal policy. And I was like, yeah, yeah we totally we got a liberal policy down. I mean, I'm, I'm not a Hitler. I'm not a fascist. And then turned out uh, I was a Hitler. Do not make that the fucking pull quote. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, it's happening. And just be like, yeah, turns out I was the Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> so won that first round. And then uh, just kind of proceeded from there. We played three times, and uh, unfortunately, fascists won every single time. Yeah. Uh, just like in real life. Let's say reflecting <laughs> a lot of current world events. Womp womp. Uh, but otherwise, it was a good time. A lot of a lot of good snacks and general camaraderie was had with the gaming group. So that was a uh, that was fun. Uh, back to Games Workshop specific stuff, Tony. Uh, <laughs> after that, I did actually play a Kill Team game against Phil. Uh, as much as I have uh, railed on Kill Team, uh, I've had enough people tell me it's a legitimately fun game where I was like, all right, I'll sit down and give it another try. I bought the Chaos Blooded, so it's, you know, I got a whole fresh rule set to try. Everything's good. I figured out the way to get me to not get mad at the measurement system is just not thinking inches. I just, it just, I have to completely scrub it from my brain and be like, yeah, these guys move three circles and they shoot one uh, hexagon. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck it. Perfect. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Sorry. Pentagon. Because. Mm, mm. <laughs> so yeah, I just had to do that. That was the only way I could separate it without getting pissed off. But uh, I ended up having fun. It was a good game. Uh, we did a, a learning match against Phil, and he's also learning the game. He's played a few more than me, but, you know, not a, not a master with the rules yet. Um, and I played against his uh, uh, Sisters of Battle and ended up winning pretty handily. In my defense, my dice were actually shockingly hot for once. Um which just doesn't happen. I was getting crits left, right, and center. Uh, he did also run his leader forward very early on, and she got killed pretty quickly, and it kind of kind of snowballed from there, unfortunately. But um, the the Chaos Blooded have a really fun mechanic where uh, every time you kill a person, you get a token called a Blooded Token, and you can give it to them, and it can make a, one of their hits a guaranteed hit. And then nice. if you get f if you get four of those sprinkled throughout the board. Uh, you can have one of your people be under the gaze of the gods, and one of their hits is a guaranteed critical, and you get to choose that at the beginning of the the round, and that can that can really swing some combats, especially when you get a uh, mutated chaos ogre in, and he's hitting with a critical of seven. So 
<laughs> he's just pulping people whenever he hits. So uh, that was that was pretty fun. I'm actually legitimately excited to play again. So good job, Mike Brandt. Kill Team <laughs> is actually kind of fun. Measurement system will always be stupid, though. Uh, Feels like it took a lot for you to admit that Kill Team was fun there, Andrew. Well, and I'd said that before when I played, where I'm like, I can yeah. see where there's a good game in here. The movement system just sucks. But I, like I said, I just have to completely divorce inches from the dumb shapes they used. And once my brain gets over that hurdle, it is actually a pretty good, pretty re- relatively well-written game. It's just the movement system that <laughs> sucks. Uh, after that, keeping it with specialist games, we did a Warcry learning game. And uh, enough people were out from our uh, normal Wednesday gaming group that we just ended up doing a four-player Warcry game, which was pretty cool. Uh, We did a King of the Hill-style thing with uh, me, Phil, Elias, and Jeff. Uh, I played my Chaos Legionnaires. Um, Phil played the... Oh, hell, what are they called? The Mask or whatever? The the Zinchi guys who have all, like, the fan blades? Yeah, um, I'll look it up while you're talking. Yeah, I forget what they have. Uh, Elias played the Dark Oath Savages, who were the uh, the Conan dudes, with the one guy who legitimately just looks like Conan the Barbarian. And then uh, Jeff, being on brand with Jeff, ended up playing his orcs. Um, and uh, I was not the first one to die, but I was the second one to die. But I did actually feel like I held my own, my own which is pretty good for a learning game. Um, pretty, pretty simple to pick up rules. Uh, this is the first time I played Warcry since the new rule set came out. And I've only played like two games of the original rule set, so I pretty much had no idea what the hell i was doing um the cypher lords cypher lords that's right okay um yeah so uh phil ended up getting wiped pretty quickly just because those guys are pretty squishy they were going up against three pretty beefy yeah. uh beefy teams uh which speaking of jesus christ iron jaws for <laughs> for war cry have so many wounds oh yeah who would have thought the orcs were tough fucking I mean, spoiler alert i know but damn i just <laughs> Damn. Uh, he did only have like five of them on the board, though, so there was really only so much he could get done. But um, uh, Jeff did come very close to actually winning. It was down to one last round between him and Elias, and uh, Elias ended up killing the one guy who could take the point before the match was over with the Conan the Barbarian model, and we're all like, you know, nobody can even be mad about that. Conan the Barbarian, of course, won the day. That's what he does. Yeah. So <laughs> that was a, uh, a pretty fun learning game for that, for sure. Uh, speaking of Elias, uh, after that, I ended up playing an Age of Sigmar match against him. Uh, he brought Night Haunt, and I brought my Mega Gargants. And, um, man, Night Haunt being able to ignore Rind is really, really irritating for Mega Gargants. That's kind of their whole shtick. <laughs> Especially with this new Battle Tome, because most of the Mega Gargants have gotten less attacks, but with higher Rind and higher damage. So... Like uh, the Kraken Eater with his Shipwreck Club. He used to get eight attacks, Rin two, damage two. Now it's four attacks, Rin three, damage four, uh, which for most armies is pretty scary. But for Night Haunt, eh, kind of really only getting like one hit off every time, if I'm lucky. Um, Elias did end up winning that game, but it was actually a lot closer than it could have been. Uh, it. Yeah, I was doing a pretty good job of keeping him his guys killed, which was actually shocking considering how badly I rolled for most of it. But whenever one of those hits did manage to actually get off, they would do a lot of damage. Yeah. So uh, that was pretty nice. Uh, he did bring Lady Olinder, who did do her once-per-game ability to be like, hey, you see that squad that you almost killed? Boom, they get six guys back. So that's a little disheartening, but uh, 
it was a good slap fight. Had a good time. Uh, he ended up winning by like we we didn't quite have enough time to fully finish the match, but we mathed it out just what he would do, and he ended up winning by about two points. So it was very close. Um, yeah, that's that's very fucking close. Yeah, it was a uh, good to see Night Haunt uh, actually be pretty good on the the table because they had a long time of being pretty terrible, <laughs> which is a shame because man, those models are beautiful. Uh, definitely some of my favorite Games Workshop sculpts, um, even though I don't have any anymore because they're so fucking fragile. <laughs> uh, and then after that, my very last game I've played, uh, played a nice game of Blood Bowl versus Trent. Uh, I played my Orcs, and he played his Imperial Nobility, which was uh, the first time I played against him. They're a pain and, in the uh, ass, aren't they? Yeah, they're linemen all having Finn. God really, uh, damn it! Keeping you from being able to follow up whenever you get a successful block off is really, uh, damn, that's that's frustrating. <laughs> but um, it was it was a hilarious match. We had a really good time. There was a giant scrum in the middle of it. My thrower got the ball right off the bat. Kickoff was to me. I got a little over the halfway mark on the, what is that line called? <laughs> in a football, what's the midpoint of the field? The 50-yard line or yeah. midfield? I got over the 50 midfield line. God. Uh, I vaguely I know football. <laughs> uh, got over that, but then there was just this giant scrum. Like, legitimately, like three-fourths of the teams were just hanging out in this blob in the in the side of the field uh, near the middle. And uh, he was able to tackle my thrower who fumbled the ball. And then my blitzer ran forward and did like three dodges to get to it. It was awesome. He went to go pick it up fumbled the ball, bounced to my troll, fumbled the ball, bounced back to the same blitzer, and he managed to catch it. Uh, and then he ended up getting tackled. We had to get, or no, it was a, yeah, he ended up getting tackled. And then my thrower had to run back in after he got up and scooped up the ball again and managed to run it for a touchdown. And uh, then the second half came because that took almost the entire first half. And then his dice turned ice and it was me just killing his dudes one after the other. And it just wasn't much he could do after that. But it was uh man, that first half was a fucking nail biter with just how much the, <laughs> the ball was bouncing around. It was ridiculous. Yeah. I remember uh, going over there and it was like turn six and it was, it was, I think still zero to zero and like really fucking close. And then like, yeah. I came back over there in the second half and you were winning and Trent's fucking box was just full of dead guys all of a sudden. I had, I had a couple of very good tackles. Uh, my troll had two turns where he was stupid and just couldn't do anything, and then he changed his mind and started punching stuff, and he started punching stuff real good. Uh, that helped a lot. My biggins did a bunch of work. My blitzers did a bunch of work. I was, it, was a, it was a good day for the orcs. Having 10 armor is, uh, makes them stick around a little bit longer than a lot of Blood Bowl teams do. But, um, yeah, it was one of our game first games we'd actually gotten done 100%. Normally you end up getting to the halftime and just calling it because, you know, we're just shooting the shit and drinking beer and stuff and not really, like, trying to go as fast as possible. But we actually got this one done at a reasonable time. So that was pretty fun. Uh, and, yeah, that's all my games played. And I don't super know where to put this, so I guess I'll put it under hobby progress or games played because uh, I forgot to mention it. Uh, we've been talking about this book for ages and I finally actually finished Hell's Reach, Tony. Oh, you did? What did you think? Uh, I listened to the audiobook version of it, mm -hmm. which uh, was pretty nice and I'd give it a solid 4 out of 5. It's a very good Warhammer novel. Yeah. I liked it a lot. I, um, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I like how they made the commemorative Bayard's Revenge model when it, from the perspective of the book Grimaldus just kind of like, and Bayard laid dead. And you're like, oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was kind of weird. 
yeah, like it wasn't even like a oh he clearly skewered an orc war boss with his mighty sword of the emperor. Well, I mean, but but earlier in the book, like he was, like he was, especially the dock fight scene. The dock fight was one of the coolest written scenes ever. Yeah, the dock fight was solid for sure. Uh, I liked liked a lot of the the Titan stuff where yeah. you know you're you're in the the cockpit of the Titan dealing with the pri- the the princeps and what about uh, weird... Andres? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> the fucking accent they gave. Oh my ridiculous. god, that was why I wanted you to do the audiobook. Yeah, so that was that was a fun one to listen to. Finally, yeah. I'd uh, what was it? I think it was while I was painting my chaos blooded. I was listening to that, so it took uh, that and like three or four albums to get it finished. I, I was able to paint through them pretty quickly, actually. Yeah, no. yeah, good book. I recommend it for those of you warhams that like uh, orcs and or black templars and or imperial guard and titan legions. And Titan Legion, there you go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's all my hobby progress slash games. <laughs> there point. you go. There you go. Oh man, so uh, I've had I've had a chunk of games actually, um, and I kind of feel like I'm beating my head against the wall with uh, with three of them. In fact, oh yeah, yeah. So uh, my first game was right after we recorded last time. It was against Doctor Chris, uh, prepping up. I'm still trying to get into Warzone Atlanta. I don't think it's going to happen. I've been on the waiting list since the waiting list got incepted. Uh, so I'll probably just play at our local tournament instead. But I still wanted to get in practice games with him, um, with my knights. So it was a game against his Dark Angels, which knights... My, that's one of the hardest matchups for my knights. Specifically because they all have transhuman. And with a fucking apothecary, my shots best case kill two guys a turn. And he brings back a guy a turn. Uh, and in close combat, Chain Fist just tear me to shit. So he beat me handedly on the first game we played. Uh, then about a week later, him and I played again. Uh, this this was, la- this was last Sunday. Uh, him and I played again. Matt was there with us. I did a little bit better. Uh, he, he played a little more loose and aggressive. I played a little more... Not tactical. <laughs> Let's not get ahead of ourselves on that. Yeah, I played a little bit more conservative than I had the last game, and that paid off a little bit. Uh, he still beat me, but like the, the first game, it was like 31 to 80-something. The next game that we just played, I think, was 40, 48 to like 92, which he got more points because he, he was able to take one of my objectives out. But I was actually scoring more points with my army. I almost put up 50 before a paint score, so, you know. Damn. That's something. That's pretty um, good. Then uh, on this past Wednesday, I played a game with uh, with Matt. He, also against fucking Dark Angels. <laughs> we have too many Dark Angel friends. There's there's Ben. There's Doctor Chris. There's CJ, and there's Matt, and they all fucking four play Dark Angels. Well, I mean, uh, the fact that we have more than one is shocking. Yeah, we got four of them. <laughs> but uh, played against Matt. It was a really fun game. Matt's still learning, uh, so we didn't use secondaries. So Matt's still learning, so we didn't use secondaries. Uh, we did use stratagems and stuff. And he had Ben there with him to kind of help him out a little bit because Ben plays Dark Angels. Um, we just did the, you know, five objectives. Hold one, hold two, hold more. Uh, his... His list isn't as optimized as Chris's list is, uh, which means it's not just Deathwing with um, with a apothecary and some plasma floating around in it. He actually took a Land Raider, two Dreadnoughts, some Tactical Marines, and a fucking Vindicator, 
which you know I scoffed at because the Vindicator's not a good tank. The Land Raider's a mediocre tank. So when's the last time a Vindicator has ever seen the board? Oh uh, well, Just it, like in general, yeah, exactly. Uh, I had to eat my fucking words though because the first shot of the game, he got six hits with the Vindicator and dealt seventeen damage to one of my knights with it. Good lord! And then promptly gutted it with the two last cannons from the Land Raider and just 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 took my fucking preceptor off the board, which that kind of uh, fucking sucked. Uh, and then but, uh, his two multi melta dreadnoughts almost killed my fucking gallant. <laughs> yeah, not a great way to start uh, the game. Yeah, that or, was, was the I'm sorry, first couple of rounds. He, that was the very first two shots of the game. It wasn't my preceptor he killed. It was the uh, the gallant he killed. And then he almost wow. killed my errant with the two dreadnoughts. Um, but yeah, uh, he tabled me uh, on turn <laughs> bottom of turn three. Because once again, once it's in close combat with Terminators, I can't do anything. Uh, because, you know, they're, they they get their damage reduction and I'm only doing two damage. So it takes me two attacks to kill one of them. And they're hitting me with damage two and three things back. And I don't have invulns in close combat. So uh, I got the shit beat out of me. So maybe one day I'll beat Dark Angels. So are Dark Angels like particularly good right now or Knights just really bad against them? My specific knight list is very bad against them. There are knight lists that are very good against them that deal with um, throwing just a shitload of uh, the, what is it, the, the, the Crusader, the guy who has the Gatling Cannon and the Battle Cannon, because there's a stratagem that Quistorus Knights can do where every six to wound deals mortal wounds as the weapon's damage. That's mm. how you kill Dark Angels. But I really like Space Bretonians. So I don't like to shoot you. I like to run at you and stab you with my choppy swords. Yeah, no, that's very fair. So, but you know, it's fun. I have fun. Um, then I played a game of Blood Bowl against Trent with uh, with Oliver, teaching him Blood Bowl. So basically, I played the first drive with Oliver next to me as we were explaining the rules, and then after we scored, uh, I was running my Black Orcs, and Trent was running his. I think Trent was running his corn guys. Uh, I have no game. idea. No, he was running his his uh, his Ruffalo kills. He was running his Reichland Reavers. So he was just running normal humans because he had the throwers and catchers. Okay. Um, so it was my Black Orcs against those. The Orcs got down. And I scored a lucky touchdown, then turned it over to Oliver and, you know, just helped him play. And they had a blast. Uh, it was one-to-one until the very, very end where Oliver got to do... It was like the, you know, all right, if you can hit this guy, knock the ball loose, grab it on a five up, dodge these two guys, get here, go for it once, toss it to this guy, run, and then go for it twice, you'll score a touchdown. And he fucking did. Like, he made every one of those rolls. So it was that classic Blood Bowl ending that just hooked Oliver immediately. So yeah. he was uh, he was texting me about undead teams because he's curious about them. The classic so, Blood Bowl ending of either you get something oh, amazing yeah. like that or you go for it once and die. Oh, yeah. So, but, you know, I feel like because my first learning game, the same thing happened with one of my gutter runners. Trent's first learning game, the same thing happened with one of his corn guys. I feel like every time somebody does a learning game with us, they get this wild touchdown that wins the game at the very end. It's the uh, the hand of Nuffle guiding newbies. Yeah. Hey, man, I'll like, take oh. it. Buy a team or five. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, Trent went fucking old hog. He's teaching his girlfriend how to play. There's a, a very good chance I'll buy a Lizard Band team before the end of the year. Mm-hmm. I've been eyeing them up for a while now. 
Yeah, I, I've got the four that I like. I don't know if I'll grab another one, but I might. Who knows? Just to, you know. They're the only ones that are like calling me right now. Yeah. Maybe they'll eventually release something else because we do have a preview coming up tomorrow. There could be Blood yeah. Bowl that we don't know about. That's true. So. That's true. They did just release the Amazon team, though, so probably not. Yeah. And then uh, then I played another Blood Bowl game against Trent. Uh, we met up at Dragon Star on uh, Sunday the other week and played. Uh, it was it was a really close game for the first half. Uh, I scored on turn seven of the first half, and then the kickoff event actually turned the turns back one, so he came very close to scoring. He I think he uh I think he dropped the ball when he went for it to get in the end zone. That's the only reason he didn't score on the first half. So I received the ball at the uh, the top of turn two, two re-rolls. It was my Black Orcs versus his, um, or no, it was my uh, my Norse versus his um, nobility. We were doing the human bowl, as we called, called it. <laughs> and uh, my first roll, double skulls. I was like, all right, that's <laughs> cool. I got a re-roll. Double skulls. It's like strong start. Ooh, not great. So the ball, like that was the very first thing I did. It was, uh, it was one of my dudes just trying to clobber one of his, one of my berserkers. Says, "Fuck, that wasn't great." Uh, he, you know, knocks some of my guys down. Comes back to me. I was like, "All right, let's try this again." Different guy. Double skulls. Use my second reroll. Double skulls again. Oh God. The second half, I got to activate. I think four people. For the entire second half of Blood Bowl. Wow. It was like I got salty. I started to get salty and then it went away because it was to the point where it was just fucking hilarious how bad it was. But every time I touched the dice, I fucking rolled double skulls. Every time. It was like it was wild. So Trent beat me two to one. Because <laughs> <laughs> turns out when you don't actually get to play Blood Bowl, it's really fucking hard to win Blood Bowl. Yeah, just playing against uh, yourself, essentially, yeah. if you're Trent. But hey, whatever. It was fun. We had a blast. We laughed our asses off because it was still funny as shit. And that's why Blood Bowl is good. Unless you're doing a tournament and you actually get salty like I did. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know. But you still had fun. But I also but I also knew I was getting salty, so I yes. stopped it before I became an asshole. Exactly. Um, and then, yeah, so that, that was a fun one. Uh, it was a 2-1 victory for Trent. So him and I are going to play another one. I don't know. Well, with Thanksgiving this week, it probably won't be this week. It'll probably be the next week. But uh, yeah. we, we were planning on doing a rematch. So Thanksgiving's that fun up in the air weekend where it's either like, oh, you have a four-day weekend where you're doing nothing or you're hanging out with family the whole time. Exactly. So. Uh, and then the last game I got in was uh, we, we threw the impromptu Sigmar Sunday together, which is when you played Elias. Uh, me and Matt each brought 1K against Jeff. Jeff brought his uh, his ogres, which I wasn't expecting. I was really expecting to play against orcs, to be totally honest with you. But, I mean, what are ogres if not fleshy orcs? I mean, yeah, they're just yeah, or, or, orcs with bigger guts. Yeah, right. And uh, so Matt took a thousand points of cheeky butt dwarves. And I took a thousand points of Skaven. Uh, almost identical to my Nova list. Because Andrew and I are toying with the idea of competing at a uh, another doubles tournament in December up at, uh, at Giga. Might be fun. Might be fun. It'd be pretty fun. I mean, granted, it'll be leaving Athens at like 7 a.m. immediately after a fucking Cannibal Corpse concert, but whatever. I'm real glad I'm not going to that concert. You should I might go get... to that concert. I don't like Cannibal Corpse is the problem. That's really hurtful, Andrew. I, it's cool if you <laughs> like them. They just they just ain't my bag, baby. That's fair. That's fair. That's why you dress like Ace Ventura and just go, not my kind of music. You know, fair enough. It would almost be worth it for the goof. Right. I'm still not going to do that, but uh, it would be funny. 
Fair enough. Uh, but yeah, so uh, it was Jeff running the Meat Fists, right? I think was what they're called. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, and he got he got first turn. He did a little bit of damage to us. Uh, Matt's fucking butt dwarves are mean as shit and tough as hell. Uh, but we got lucky and double turned. And turns out when I can get two full squads of uh, Storm Fiends just double tapping into units, I will clear a flank on my own. And then uh, Matt being able to use the, the... It's not bodyguard... It's the rule that allows his hearthkin to fight whenever his hero also activates. So he gets to activate two units instead of just one. They were just chopping into shit. Yeah, that one was uh, brutal when I played against him with my sons of Bayamont. Yeah, which granted, if if we didn't double turn, that would have been a very, very close game because Jeff was in our shit. Yeah, that, uh, that double turn can pretty drastically change a game that was going to go your way otherwise. Oh, yeah. But uh, that was all the games I played. For for being as busy as I was, I played a shitload of games in the past two and a half weeks. Yeah, it's uh, it, we, we hit a lot more than we normally do. Because normally we have two or three, yeah. but both of us had like five. Well, and then it also helped that, you know, two of the games were Blood Bowl, and then two of the games were on the same night. So Yeah. And then another was like the, sun, the Sunday morning games with Chris, where I just go over to his house and hang out with him and just play some fucking hammer. Yeah, yeah that's fair. So. But yeah, so uh, that's uh, that's games played. So uh, there hasn't been a whole lot that struck me on Warcom recently, but I know there's there's, there's some cool stuff. So let's been a decent bit. We'll we'll we'll, we'll dig into some of it here. Let's right. uh, let's hit some highlights. What you got highlighting there, Andrew? Okay, so yeah, there's there's been a few Warcom releases that have been uh, fairly interesting. Nothing like earth shattering like some weeks, but uh, some some stuff worth mentioning. Uh, first big one is uh, going back to Necromunda Ash Wastes. There have been some cool things coming out for that soon, mm-hmm. such as the Kronos Pattern Iron Crawler, also known as when are they just going to let us take a fucking Land Raider in Necromunda, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it, it looks like a weird mix between the, um, the, the fucking toaster for the Mechanicus and the Land Fortress for the Votan. Yeah, it's like... Imagine the sand crawler that the the Jawas get in Star Wars, but like cut in half essentially. Like <laughs> I like it. More... I think it's cool looking. Yeah, that's very cool. I like it a lot. I'm absolutely going to get one. But uh, yeah, like I, they can't get much bigger than this and maintain the thing of like, oh, these are a bunch of really poor dipshits on a fucking hell world. Like I don't but, know. Okay, but the, the vehicles in the ash waste have usually been massive because they live on them. Uh, that's fair. Like, I uh, think this is more believable than, like, a battle tank chassis. Yeah, no, I mean, they shouldn't get an actual battle yeah, tank. Like that it, was a goof. It, it, but, uh, uh, I know, I know. But, like, um, it, it definitely has the mining vehicle look to it. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, I just wonder what the credits cost will be on this. This is, like, half your gang worth of credits because it's an actual tank. Yeah. They, uh, just reading the article, it's it's more durable than the Cargo 8 Ridge Hauler, which was really durable. It's, like, Toughness 9 on everywhere except for the back, and it's Toughness 8 on the back. So that's yeah. uh, even with, like, Plasma and Meltas, that's hard to get through. So this thing is going to be a legitimate tank, which uh, that'll be fun. And uh, hey, if anybody plays orcs, this will be real easy to make it to a very cool battle wagon. But yeah, no, it's a it's a cool fucking model. Yeah, I like it a lot. It's it feels like 
honestly, like if they hadn't already gone full into the weird like Da Vinci World War II aesthetic, this feels like it could easily have been an Admech model. Oh yeah, no, no. When I first saw it, it like I thought it was a new Admech tank. I saw I saw Admech before I saw Ash Waste with it. Yeah, I, I guess it's probably also the paint scheme yeah, on it's it. Fucking red. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe if they had done, like, a really, really, really rusty steel or something, it would have felt more Necromunda. But, uh, no, very cool model. Very excited to get my hands on it at some point in the near future. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, uh, they released, they've teased a lot of guard rules on Warcom, which I'm excited about. Yeah. But I'm going to have the Codex very soon, too. <laughs> so I can only get so excited about a rules tease a week early. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, uh, one of the things they showed today that really got me curious is they, they released an article doing the, the two decades of the two towers. And they're showing off a bunch of like the special edition miniatures that they did for them. And one of them is one of my favorite Lord of the Ring miniatures. And it's uh, Gimli smoking his pipe on a dead Uruk High. And man, I fucking hope they do a print on demand of that model soon. Uh, what was... Uh... That one's not dead. No, my Max is buried in its central nervous system. <laughs> a, how the fuck does he know what a central nervous system is? <laughs> Dwarfs are smart, man. Aren't they smart enough to understand biology like that? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Good scene, though. Oh, yeah. Um, I was surprised when you brought up uh, car- Guard that you didn't uh, immediately go to, uh, what's his name? Lord Solar oh. Leonidas. Lord oh, Leonidas. God, I forgot the horse guy. The horse guy's cool as fuck. Yeah, fucking robo He's horse. so fucking cool. Leontis? Leontis, yeah. that's how you say it. Uh, there was a really whip-ass conversion mock-up that I've seen of that already, though. That is, uh, it's basically Yarick on the horse. Just give him a big fucking power claw instead of the sword? Yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. Good way to get around the uh, the Yarick is dead controversy that's going on. I, I right don't. Now. I don't think Yarick is dead. I don't give a shit. Like Yarick's a really cool character, as we said in like our first couple episodes. But uh, I mean, he's been around for like forty years. If they killed him, as long as they do it in a very cool way, whatever. There's some characters that need to die. They need to make new people. I'm fine with it. Right. I don't think he's dead though. Check your check your Discord, Andrew. I sent you the picture over of it. <laughs> is that's that not great. cool as fuck that's pretty great changing the the horse's colors to armageddon yeah and just that's, give that's him awesome. the fuck you claw oh that's funny i'll have to save that for when i make the the instagram post oh yeah because like like god damn it looks good because it's just it's the same body it's the same cloak as the guy i think yeah just kind of have to uh it is uh just kind of have to zhuzh up that fine cast face that Yark's got going on and uh yeah that would actually work shockingly well yeah like oh my god somebody converted uh, one of the lord solars with a fucking napoleonic cap i mean yeah that's that's pretty blatantly what yeah. it's based on uh, oh man there's nah, all kinds a, of these conversions these are great it's a very cool model and honestly if it wasn't for the fact that the horse is a robot if i was just looking at this from far away i'd be like oh that's a interesting new uh storm host uh or stormcast eternals model hmm. yeah you know, I didn't realize that the fucking horse was a robot until you said that. Yeah, if you look at its knee joints and stuff, and its its eyes are kind of like glowy lenses and things. Yeah, I, um, I thought it was, I just thought it was um like some weird barding on it. But yeah, looking at the rivets on the legs, now I see it. Yeah, so he's just got a, he's got a dope-ass robo-horse. Yeah. But, I mean, uh, if I get that model, I'm changing that head, because I fucking hate that head. 
Yeah, the weird like helmet crown thing he has yeah. is not but not super great. I've got enough fucking officer heads from being a guard player forever. Oh, think of that guy with like just a cool flat cap. <laughs> I'm walking here. Hey, get the fuck out of the way! I'm guarding over here. Uh, also, he's on a fucking chaos night. Yep. So there's it's, some chaos night bits. And he's on the uh, the the special box set edition of the Codex. It's yep. a very cool cover. So apparently this guy is going to be the new guard leader. So I'm, I'm cool with that. He's a fun model. Very, uh, I don't know, with the amount of gold and white, he's got a very, like, Prince Charming kind of look to yeah. him. <laughs> but he's fun. Yeah, I, I just, that fucking Lord Solar Yarrick is just so cool looking that I feel like I'm going to have to copy that. It's almost worth getting just to make. Yeah. And if nothing else, the paint scheme on the horse is way cooler because it's not the gaudy gold. It actually looks good. <laughs> Having painted an entire army of gaudy gold recently. Uh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> it looks better with that color scheme. <laughs> gaudy gold has its place. It is not particularly on that horse, exactly. I think. All right. Well, uh, next up we had, uh, continuing the Necromunda Weirdos train, we got some new Necromunda Weirdos incoming. Mm -hmm. Uh, They teased some more hangers on, uh, and they're, I don't don't think they put any of the stats or anything, but the models are cool, like most of the hangers on. Uh, You get a relic monger who sells religious artifacts, and he comes with a, uh, he's got like a little like finger bone and a special, you know, special little box that he's dangling in front. Uh, Got a cool gas mask, and he has a uh, a servitor cherub floating around with a lockbox with him. Uh, He's also, uh, next up, there's a gunsmith who's just, just just a gun mom. She's just hanging out with her tongue. I don't like that model. It looks... The pants are interesting. The pants she are has interesting. like these. She has like bell bottom pants. <laughs> they're they're pretty huge. Definitely so uh, four it's or very twelve sizes too large. Star Wars looking to me. Kinda, yeah. Now that you mention it, like the the padding. Yeah, the has the that padding on it and the just the the proportions of it. Yeah, like if it wasn't for the skull belts and the fact that that she's blatantly got a, a fucking heavy bolter, yeah, uh, it would be pretty Star Warsy now that you mention it. Yeah, I didn't really see that until you said it. But the other guy, um, the other guy is the clear yeah, fucking the, winner. The beast wrangler, the dude with uh, his fucking his tongue fucking, sticking out, his fucking crocodile skin cowboy boots, and his he's he's got a baby sump croc that he's holding up one handed. It's so and awesome. I love that weird fucking like model weird fur coat that he's wearing he's oh it's very a cigar over the top. i thought his tongue was sticking out it's a fucking cigar oh yeah hopefully it's not as irritating to put in as the goliath cigar no, no he's resin it's gonna be way yeah. more irritating oh it's gonna be so much worse yeah jeez and it's we, gonna be bent at a 40 degree angle we hadn't known the depths of cigar pain <laughs> until this model came out no uh, this one's very fun that is a super characterful it's, model it's great it's a fucking beautiful model him him and the relic monger are very good models for sure gun yeah. mom i'm okay with but i, I don't want to pay forge roll prices for her maybe if they come in like a three pack they probably won't but if they did then it wouldn't be too bad but uh yeah no i i really like fucking the beast wrangler with his <laughs> fucking i guess sump croc skin cowboy boots yeah no it's it's awesome like that's just a great fucking model uh, they're very hilarious and just continuing the trend of Necromunda weirdos yes. being some of the the cream of the crop just of the, fun, the best, the best, models. fun, goofy one-off models to paint for sure. 
Uh, there's some horsey bullshit that's coming out, woo. Yeah, lots of heads <laughs> if you want, you know, fucking iron iron hands and shit like that. You know, whatever your favorite Space Marine team is, you'll get fun special helmets. Yay, horse. Uh, so in a weird turn of events, Yarick isn't in the new Guard Codex, but fucking Sly Marbo is. Wasn't Sly Marbo in the last one? Or no, was he was a rules? data slate for the last ah. one that you got with the box and they released on Warcom. Right, because the Codex is five years old now, and Sly Marbo's new model is only like three years old. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so that's a thing. Yeah, that's... it's. I don't know if that's necessarily an incredence to uh, Yarrick being dead, but it could be like Ursicar Creed, where he's just been pokeballed by Tarzan, Tarzan the Infinite. I almost said Tarzan the Infinite. <laughs> <laughs> Tarzan the Infinite. Ooga booga. Tarzan is forever. Oh, <laughs> And man. apparently a Necron. <laughs> yeah, that tracks. Uh, let's see. Uh, there's the another peek at the Cities of Sigmar, the Dawnbringer stuff. Yeah, they're showing off some of the more knightly looking stuff. Yeah, well, uh, it looks real some, good. Some proper, like, human plate mail type shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these are going to yeah. be really fucking cool when they finally come out. I'm excited to see what they do with it for sure. I don't know if they're going to go full like witch hunters aesthetic, which is what I really like from the current Sigmar stuff that they're, they've been teasing. Um, or if it's just going to be, you know, Bretonians 2.0, essentially. It, it looks from the, you know, the previews of what we've seen, it looks like an interesting cross between the witch hunter stuff and very like Mordheim. Yeah, kind of very like grim night stuff. Yeah, like, not which quite, I lo- not quite... which is something that Sigmar doesn't have. That's true. Like, no, there's no that... grim in Sigmar. If you read a lot of the lore, they've been leaning more into the grim as of late because you can tell a lot of people really didn't like the super high fantasy of the first couple editions. Yeah. So I think uh, I think they've they're starting to learn their lesson. They have a good game now. They need to make the lore that people actually want to come for, like they do with 40k. Yeah. So uh, I'm I'm pretty thrilled to see more grim and gritty cities of Sigmar for sure. Uh, what what else? What else was there on this? Uh, well, they did finally show off the, uh, the Christmas battle boxes for this year for, uh, Age of Sigmar and 40k. So I guess, uh, I can do 40 or Age of Sigmar if you want to do 40k. Uh, sure. There is one, there is one Sigmar box I do want to mention on there. Well, uh, I think I know which one it is and I'll give it to you when I get there. Thank you. So starting off, we have a Knight Slaughter Coven, which just comes with a whole bunch of witches and warlocks on horses and snake ladies whose names I don't remember and uh, the Shrine of Cain and all that stuff. So just kind of a, a fun all around one for them. Uh, there's a Cruel Boys one that comes with Gobsprack, um, a, a war boss on Sludge Raker, which is like the cool, like weird four legged monster uh, with all the cages hanging off. I, its I back. think that's and, one of the coolest models in that range. Yeah, ah oh man, they have such cool monsters, and they did not lean into them, and that bugs me a lot with that army. Unfortunately, they that mm, they they kind of mismanaged the cruel boys. Unfortunately, yeah. they they didn't know what they wanted that army to be when they released it. But anyway, speaking of armies that they've mismanaged, next up is a uh, stampeding squigglelanch for the gloom spike gets, uh, which is a really good box. There's there's a lot of very good stuff in yeah. here. It's, it's two um, two manglers, right? Yeah, two manglers, a loon boss on Nash or. Uh, I haven't played in so Giant long. I forget which one it's called. 
giant cave squig. Uh, we got boingrot bounders and or uh, squig, squig hoppers, depending on how you build them. And then uh, ten squig herd. So that's just a, you get two of those, and you got a proper squig lance going. If you wanna, you wanna get into my dumbass mushroom boys and be just as bad as I am. <laughs> um, I'll skip over this one because that one's Tony's. Uh, next up is Night Haunt Legion of Grief. You get Lady Olinder, a black coach, and just a whole mess of ghosts. Very cool. A lot of uh, was it Grimgasts and the Banshees yeah, and the uh, Harridans and stuff. Yeah, so that, that one's pretty cool if you like the ghost aesthetic. the The black coach is an amazing model. Yeah, I've I have painted that, and that was a super fun kit. Uh, next up is a Sylvaneth Revenant Wargrove. So if you just want your angry trees, this is the one to get. It's that, got none of the elf bullshit. That it's is a just, value fucking box right there. Oh yeah, because you get uh, three you get of the big dudes. Two tree lords. You get uh, Drycha, I think her name is. The yeah. really pissed off uh, named one that's not Alariel. Um, a bunch of uh, dryads. And then the guys that are like half ghost elf, half tree, whose name I forget because I don't play Sylvaneth. Uh, Revenants? Uh, might be it, yeah. Uh, uh, yes, Spite Revenants. The only way this box could have been better is if you got rid of the Spite Revenants and put on Kurnoth Hunters. Uh. And then this would be like the ultimate way to start a Sylvaneth <laughs> army. But, uh, Fuck yep. those and then things. It, those guys are brutal. Uh, after that is Storm Coast. Storm. I keep wanting to say Storm Coast. <laughs> Stormcast Eternals. Uh, Thunderstrike Spearhead, where it's just a whole bunch of golden boys, but you get two of the guys who are riding dragons in it, which is pretty rad. So uh, good way to start off pretty much any of those armies. Uh, and then uh, there was one that Tony wanted to talk about in particular. Yeah, well, the reason I want to talk about it, it's a Skaven box. Obviously, it's me. It's going to be Obviously. a Skaven box. But if you look at just the amount of stuff in the other boxes, it's a decent amount. I think the biggest one is Night Haunt, and it's like 40, 45 models or something. The Skaven one is 85 fucking models. So many clan rats. It's 40 clan rats, 40 plague monks, a bell, a fucking warlock bombardier, and three storm fiends. That's, let's see. That's an army. That that's an army. That is that is a solid, and it's a uh, those usually float around two hundred dollars. Yeah, box, anywhere that's... between one eighty and two ten. It is a, and all that's of that steel. stuff is good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, uh, thankfully I need none of these because I have a pretty substantial squigglelanch already. If and, if uh, it wouldn't be my fourth screaming bell, I might actually purchase that because that would get me to nine storm fiends, uh, put me to sixty plague monks, and put me in the neighborhood of like. 300 and something clan rats jesus well if you were going to do that armies on parade that you were talking about where you have the most of any uh right. the most infantry ever painted <laughs> i don't know i've got guard coming that, that's priority number one that's super fair all right well uh those are the age of sigmar battle boxes why don't you tell us about the 40k ones so the 40k ones uh there's eight of them as well Starts off with the Adeptus Sororitas, the Sanctorum Guard. You get Morven Vol, six of the fucking Nundums with her, uh, five of the, the Shield Chicks, and then ten Battle Sisters, which that's actually a pretty pretty mean-ass anvil list right there. I was going to say, if, if I wanted to get into Sisters, I would pick this up. That's a pretty sisters, good box. If I was going to get anything Imperium at this point, it would either be Black Templars or Sisters, so that would be uh, what I would start with for sure. Uh, next up, you get the Watchers of the Gate. It's the Custodes one. It's uh, Captain Trajan Valoris is the character in it. You got some bike dudes, uh, and then a bunch of other chumpy, dumpy models that are all gold that I hate. Yeah, Custodes aesthetically just don't do it for me. Yeah. Uh, I know nothing about, or nothing 
I don't know enough about Admech to know anything about the Elimination Maniple. It's got two uh, of the 50s robots, six of the tractor bots, some little dudes, and then Call, it looks like. Yes. I don't know about the current rules, but back when I had an Admech army, this is a good goddamn box, because the yeah. uh, Catafron Destroyers are very solid. Those are the track dudes. And the they, 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 they bounce sixes back, right? Uh, yeah, and the or no, those the Castlins mount sixes. Okay. Yeah, that's the fifty um, sex robots. Yep, and okay. then if you gave them uh, all, th- if you gave them all three phosphor blasters, they were just if you got a break of six of those, you were pumping out like a hundred shots around, and they were like seventy of them were gonna wound. Those things were brutal back when I had the army. Uh, call is a call is a solid leader, or at least back when I had it, and then uh, Skatari Rangers are way better than they used to be, so that this seems like a good box from what I've heard of current Admech. The, uh, the next box is what I've literally bought twice over at this point, ironically. Uh, it's the Chainbreaker Lance. It's uh, one Big Knight, which what I like now is the Big Knight kit is all of them. You buy the Knight Preceptor and it comes with every sprue for every knight in it. Yeah, it was always kind of dumb when they had like three boxes yeah. originally that had two knights each in them. That was that was a weird way to do it because yeah. I never remembered any of the names for them. So it was like, what the hell's the point? Exactly. And this box also comes with four armagers. The armagers are the same way. Now you get before it was you bought a helvrin or you got a warglaive. Now you buy an armager, and it comes with the weapon options for the Helvern and the Warglaive. So mine are all magnetized. So this box, if you're getting into knights, like two of this box is a full knight army. Uh, Andrew, this would be perfect for finishing up your Chaos Knights. Yeah, I was actually just noticing that, because I really only need one, maybe two more proper knights, and then four to six uh uh war dogs. Oh, yeah. And this this gets the vast majority of that done. Yeah, so very for two hundred 200-ish bucks, this is a pretty solid way to do that. I'm, I will look into this for sure. I mean, yeah, if this is a if this sets at 200, that's literally buying the knight and two of the armagers and getting two armagers for free. And uh, I know just a few people with 3D printers who might be willing to uh, crank out some chaos bits for me. Oh, for sure. If it would get you on the table playing 40k with me, I will fucking print it for you, brother. I will, I will play 40k with you if we specifically do knight v knight. Of course. Or guard versus traitor guard. That would be fun too, but no, no guarantees for Trader Guard. That is that is a pipe dream. Yeah, that's, I would that's, way rather that's wait. your wish list army. I get it. I would way rather wait until they actually released a proper Trader Card army instead of trying to convert all that shit. Yeah, yeah, but the conversion you'd have so much more tied into it, and it'd be so much cooler. Oh, man, if I could just get those arms for easy. That's just I don't want to buy twenty of the blooded boxes for kill teams so I can have enough arms. Yeah. Well, does each does each box come with extra arms or something? Yeah, it comes with enough to so it comes with enough that you can build, I think, six or seven guys who have just basic las guns and then all of the uh, specialist weapons options. So uh, one box could make the blooded guys and then uh, up to like ten additional guys because that's what I did with my Kriegers. Uh, and I think there were a few extra arms left around, but not much. So uh, you know, if you wanted to math it out, depending on how infantry heavy you wanted a, a trader guard list to be, it's feasible without breaking the bank but yeah. uh it, you know i have a lot of other projects to work oh, on yeah, right now. No, for sure for sure uh next up we get the council of the death lord uh king loogie himself and some terminators ah mortarian yeah um let's see this is what is that it's, five um, blight lords and 14 plague marines 
Yeah, that's that's actually a pretty. If you like Death Guard, that's a pretty good box set because Blightlord Terminators are or, pretty brutal. They're a pain in the dick. Yeah, they're just so hard to shuffle. Yeah. Um, only problem with Death Guard, they don't have much anti-armor stuff. It's really hard for them to kill tanks, unfortunately. Yeah. But uh, I love uh, the Mortarian. Well, you know model. what's really good at killing tanks? Fucking Mortarian. Yes, though <laughs> he's he's pretty good at killing almost anything. Yeah, and tanks are not good at killing him. I learned. Yeah, he has a, a lot of ways to ignore wounds. <laughs> yes, he does. Shocking. The guy who's in charge of the Legion, who who's really good at ignoring wounds, who's worshipping the god that's really good at ignoring wounds. <laughs> uh, next up, we've got the uh, the Court of the Crimson King. It's Magnus the Red and uh, some exalted, like three exalted sorcerers and 20 Rubric Marines. That's a, a weird build to me. But. Yeah. I, I don't know enough about Thousand Suns to know what a good build is. Well, I just really like that. I, I know they could model. replace sergeants with exalted sorcerers, so I guess that makes sense. Yeah. I'm surprised it doesn't come with any of the Terminators. Yeah, I was just looking at that. Because that seems to be just kind of the consistent thing in the meta. It's just if you have a Terminator, you should take it. Yeah. Next up, you've got the Bastion Strike Force, which is Torgaradon, which is the Imperial Fist character. No, the insisting on an imperial fisting character. Yeah, what I, what's weird about this is like, it's fucking fifteen heavy intercessors, which I don't think are very good, but maybe they're better. I think it's uh probably what they had in the uh, and then, in the the warehouse, yeah. and then three <laughs> fucking aggressors. So like, it's a lot of bolts coming, and you get some imperial fist upgrade shit for it, but it's. I don't know, that just seems like a weird box of just, like, slow-moving dudes. I guess it's kind of thematic for the fists, because they're all about, like, defending the line. So, you know, if they're yeah. up on a wall shooting down at a horde of traitor guard or something, that seems pretty reasonable for their particular <laughs> shtick, I suppose. Yeah, and then, in a weird twist, the Raven Guard Raven Strike Battle Force, which I don't know if <laughs> anyone saw that fucking coming. Yeah, because uh, everybody needs a box that comes with two sneaky dreadnoughts. <laughs> but they're cool looking. The Invictors are they're, cool looking. They're really cool. I just hate that they're supposed to be sneaky. How the fuck yeah. is that thing sneaky? <laughs> <laughs> that is sneaky. Yeah, and then uh, Reavers. Let me, let me park my bad. diesel truck outside of your base. and. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, the fact that it comes with Reavers sucks too, because Reavers just aren't good. Reavers are awful. They've never been good. Uh, if, it would, if it came with uh, Infiltrators... That would be a kick-ass box. Yeah, I think the only reason people like the Reavers is because you get the cool knives, so you can just mix and match some stuff for your, your basic Marines, and they have the Skull Masks, which are very cool for conversions. But yeah. otherwise, <laughs> I don't think anybody's ever used a Reaver and done well with them. No, no, I used Reavers in my Space Wolves, and they were terrible. Yeah, they're just genuinely bad models. Or rather, genuinely bad data sheets. Yeah. <laughs> models are cool. Yeah, the models are cool. But they're very, but well, their grab shoot things are terrible. I hate that yeah, part of their models. They they're they're their own individual pieces, so they're fiddly as fuck. Yes, I have built a few of them before. I realized I really don't like space marines, <laughs> and uh, they are very fiddly. Yeah. Uh, and then the only other real big thing that uh, that's happened, Warcom wise, and I guess games play wise, is a uh, Dark Tide released yesterday. Day before yesterday. Uh, yeah, soft release. They did a thing where if you pre-order the game, you could uh, essentially do the beta again, but for two weeks. And they're gonna. They said that there's no guarantees that your save data will be saved, but they're gonna they're gonna try their best to make sure you don't have to completely restart on launch. Well, that's so, kind uh, of them. I'm trying not to get too terribly attached to uh, 
to my my current hive preacher that i'm playing as um but yeah i did get into it i uh like i've said in the previous podcast i liked vermintide a lot i like fat shark studios they've been very good at keeping up to date with their games and, and supporting them which uh a lot of studios don't do these days um so and they're a pretty small developer so i want to make sure they uh, stay alive so normally i am pretty adamantly anti-pre-order but i this the studio has proven to be pretty trustworthy in the past so i thought i'd give them my 40 bucks which hey it's also 40 bucks which is uh, a lot for or, 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 or uh, not terribly much it's a lot that they're willing to sell it for that yeah, cheap is what i mean knew what you meant. uh which uh it, it's a well worth 40 dollars so far super fun i was uh able to get online with some college buddies last night and we played a shitload of it um just like i same thing like i said in the the last episode about the beta uh left for dead 40k style essentially mix and match guns and, and loadouts and stuff uh i was playing the ogren in the first beta now i'm playing the high preacher to try that out uh also a very melee heavy build um they actually threw in a few more uh maps this time for the beta and they're going to release more next week uh i think they said there's gonna be four this week and then 10 next week and then the full i think 20 on the proper launch Damn. so there's a lot to choose from um they're releasing more monster types as well. Uh, a lot of them are reskins, so instead of being full Trader Guardsmen, they're throwing in a lot of like Chaos Cultists, like Dregs of Society type stuff. Um, mixing some of the skins for some of the monsters, like there's uh, these dudes called Ragers, which are kind of like an in-between between, between uh, the normal cultists and like proper special guys, where they just keep swinging wildly. They're, like, they're the, the Berserkers from Vermintide, essentially the guys with the two axes who... Uh, once they get into range, they just swing and won't stop until they're dead. Um, so they have a couple of skins of them. Uh, I did finally get to fight another big mini boss. Uh, they'd only had the plague over in the first beta, and now they've uh, launched the Beast of Nurgle, which is interesting because uh, nothing nothing is uh, quite as strange as uh, getting into melee with the Beast of Nurgle and the fucker eating you. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, just didn't expect that. And then your buddy's gotta gotta smash the shit out of him so he'll barf you back up, otherwise he'll kill you real fast. So uh, that was that was pretty interesting. Uh, they've released more weapon variety as well right off the bat because you were limited to just two or three weapons in the first beta, and now they're letting you have a, a bunch more. So on my high preacher specifically, I've tried out a multitude of melee weapons. Not worked out to chain weapons or power weapons yet, unfortunately, but I've done a katachan sword, uh, various axes and such. So those are you know melee weapons, whatever. Uh, but I've tried a bunch of weapons, uh, ranged weapons. I've done auto pistols, auto guns. Um, I've done las pistols and las guns. I've done a combat shotgun, which is real fucking gratifying. That's a really fun one to use. Combat shotguns uh, are always fucking fun. Ah, so much it fun. It doesn't the auto matter gun. the game. They're always fucking fun. The auto gun I've had a shocking amount of fun with because the, the first gun that the Hive Preacher starts with is an auto pistol, which is crap. It doesn't hit very hard, low magazine, very hard to keep on track. Uh, the auto gun, it doesn't have aim down sights, but it's all it's all hip fire whenever you, quote, aim with it. But it actually stays pretty steady whenever you're doing that. So you can really mow down a wave of pox walkers with it. I've been having a ton of fun killing with that. Um, so yeah, it's yeah, pretty much the same review I had last time. I don't need to go too deep, too terribly deep into it, but uh, it's very fun. I highly recommend it. Uh, well worth pre-ordering if you want to support people pumping out good 40k games. Because uh, if you're a gamer who's uh, you know had their eye on the 40k franchise, there's a whole lot of dog shit out there. Games yeah. Workshop has thrown that license to a lot of very bad studios. So uh, it's well worth supporting the people who actually take a lot of time to care about the franchise and care about actually making a legitimately fun game 
especially if you got some buddies to play with. Um, and and it's coming to Game Pass. You don't have yeah. to give them money. They technically already made their money. But if you want to also get it on Steam or, you know, your Xbox One Double SQ, whatever the fuck the new name is for it, I don't remember. Um, then, you know, throw some money that way too. Uh, so I know I said I didn't care much about the rules that they've previewed for Guard yet because I get the Codex in a week. But just glazing through, my Death Strike might see play. That's when's the last time that's all play? It's never actually been on a table that wasn't just for a goof. That's uh, I have a lot of models like that at this point. <laughs> all right, so here is what the Death Strike Warhead does, or the Godspear Warhead. It's a one shot weapon. <laughs> Roll 1d6 for each unit within three inches of the center of this model's Death Strike target marker. On a two to three, that unit suffers eight mortal wounds. Wow, on a four to five, that unit suffers. 12 mortal wounds. Holy shit. On a six, that unit suffers 16 mortal wounds. So this is a once per game it's ability. A once I'm per guessing. game, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but the it, the little tag is one day you're going to wipe the Silent King off the board in one shot and it will be glorious. That would be. <laughs> seeing how badly Will Stalker writes with his, his Necrons, that would be very funny. Oh my God. That's about the only thing I could use against fucking Dark Angels. That would remove a squad like nothing. That would be a hilarious yeah. way to take care of just a squad of Terminators. Just pop a missile down, get real hot with four fives and sixes. Oh, man. And then uh, the, the, another one of the things they show was uh, a couple of like the different detachments you can build with guard. One of them is a uh, it's a vanguard and a super heavy auxiliary. It's a 2000 point army that's two tank commanders, six Lehman Russes, a Rogaldorn battle tank and a Bane sword super heavy. That sure sounds like a very you kind of army. It does, especially considering you can give them armored superiority, which uh, Sentinels, which there's none in that list, count as three markers and have obsec. Titanic models are ten models and have obsec. And all other vehicles are five models and have obsec. It's just nice to see them actually care about guard again for the first time in half a decade. I'm so happy, Andrew. That's such a that's that's another one that like theoretically I could see myself enjoying guard, but you know trader I don't want to be a horror guard. army. If, the, if they do a proper trader guard release, I'll probably. I mean, get you into could it. just do you could just do normal guard codex and just and just make trader guard. Just make yeah. trader guard. <laughs> Fucking ally, I'm in. If, I mean, we play narrative games most of the time. Like if you're like, hey, instead of the Imperium keyword, they have the Chaos keyword. Cool. <laughs> But there's a lot of stuff coming up there's that I want. So, and they are doing a big uh, reveal stream tomorrow. Watch so, it be fucking know. Trader Guard. <laughs> if that's the case, I'll just my soul will leave my body and my money will leave my wallet. That's all right. We'll we'll go down together, Andrew. Uh, it's okay as long as I can pay rent and feed the cat. It's okay. There you go. Bosco can eat sprue, right? Yeah, he could totally live off plastic. That's what? how cats work. Once. Dumb bastard still <laughs> chews a shitload of plastic. Right. Plastic. What did I say? Plastic. I don't know. I don't know, man. Because you're that excited about the prospect of Trader Guard. This beer is only a six point one. I have no excuse. Oh man. All right. So uh, let's actually get into the uh, the meat and taters of our show a little bit today. Uh, wanted to talk about something that we've had a decent amount of experience with recently, uh, especially going to Nova and seeing it more just in our local group, and that is gaming aids. Things that we use during the game to help us that are other things than, like, you know, dice and tape measures. 
um, a couple of examples. I think one of the biggest ones in my mind, Andrew, and I think you'll probably agree with me on this one, is the neoprene objective markers. Yes, those have been a godsend. Uh, I will say, with my particular armies, it's kind of frustrating sometimes, yes. though, because uh, I play Sons of Bayamot and I heavily favor Kraken Eaters, and their whole shtick is you can kick an objective, and nothing is more annoying than having to try and keep your models in place and move that objective. But that's a me thing. <laughs> yeah, but... But just the ability to be able to look and immediately re- recognize what the zone is on it and be able to make it very clear, like, this guy is across this line. Yeah, there's no uh, no fudging with rulers like uh, you occasionally get if you get pickup mm-hmm. games and the like. And what I really like about those neoprene markers, the fact that we also generally play on mats, is the fact that they don't slide. Like, yes. objective markers get bumped. They slide. These, you have to try to fucking move these things. Yeah, because it's it's just a mouse pad. It's the same yeah. material, and it has that same grippy stuff on the bottom. Yeah. Yeah, those are super, super useful. I, I have not invested in some yet, mostly because everybody else I know has some. Now, there's two cons to these in my mind, though. Hmm. One of them is sometimes they look very out of place. Yes. Like, we tend to play with, as often as we possibly can, fully painted everything. On mats, fully painted terrain, fully painted armies, everything's based, everything looks nice and thematic. And sometimes the objective markers are just like, Art of War Gaming! And you're like, that's out of fucking place looking. Or you can get the kind that, uh, it's like, oh, this is like some cool magical vortex. And it's like, why is it, why is the yeah. magical vortex the objective? What's, what? <laughs> yeah. But I think they're useful enough where I can overlook it most of the time. As long as, you know, it's fitting. Yeah, and if it bugged you enough and you really cared about having a properly thematic board, you could just get... Get uh, different ones? I mean, yeah, like genuinely, you yeah. get three or four different varieties. Be like, oh, this is my grassy terrain one. This is my rocky terrain one. This is my weird magical terrain one. You just mix and match. And, you know, if you got the spare pocket change, why not? Yeah, exactly. I mean, we're we're in a disposable income hobby, so... Yeah, yeah, if you got money for Warhammer, you got money for dumb shit like that. Yeah. Uh, but I think my, my biggest issue with them is the fact that it has nothing to do with the age themselves, but more of the fact that the control bubble for Age of Sigmar and 40k are different fucking sizes. Yes. So I have to a... have different, like I can't just have one that works for both. Yeah, it's because uh, what it's three inches for 40k, right? Uh, yeah, three for 40k and six for Sigmar. Yeah. So uh, that it's can, significant. <laughs> it's it's a pretty big change. You can't really fudge that one. So if you do want to go full neoprene, you do have to buy at least two sets. So yeah. And uh, I think it's six for Sigmar from a point and it's three from 40 K from a 40 mil marker. Yeah. So it, it, you, you can't even like do a halvesies kind of thing yeah. on a Sigmar one, which is that's yeah, that's eh. they, they can't have that that nice level of consistency across their game systems. Can they? Yeah, unfortunately, but that's you know. that's a. That's a whole pentagon yeah. of extra space, Tony. <laughs> what what a fucking first world problem for us to like whine about, though. <laughs> I know my neoprene mats aren't perfect, <laughs> eh. but it, when when it comes to gaming aids, I think that is probably one of, if not the most useful one that is currently out there right now. Yeah, that is a very very solid one. Yeah. Um, 
not quite up to snuff with the neoprene mats in terms of usefulness, but one I've gotten a lot of use out of uh, just playing Age of Sigmar and the, and the like are uh, measurement templates. Yes. Um, measurement templates are super useful because like having a ruler is great and being able to bend it around corners and stuff is really useful, but just being able to throw down a pre-measured three-inch piece of plastic and goes, that's three inches. That's how I, I need to be this far out to be able to charge you. Uh, a lot of them have like a pre-cut circle on one corner so you can just put it slot up to a person's base so you don't even have to worry about accidentally pushing models back or anything. Uh, there are multiple ones where uh, they're kind of like a funky, like, you know, uh, rhombus shape thing where one side's two inches, one's six inches, one's four, one's three. Like, you can you just have a little bit of everything and flip it around. You don't even technically need a ruler unless you're really measuring, like, you know, big shooting distances or something. But for something like Age of Sigmar, if you're playing, like, a full choppy melee army, so you just need to be able to measure their movement and then, you know, measure potentially their movement again if they get a full charge, which, oh, wow, you just flip the marker once and, hey, that's a full 12 inches, depending on the army. Um, those, yeah, m measurement templates, super, super useful for, for tabletop wargaming. Especially since commonly now they're being made of acrylic and they're they're decently cheap. Like you can get yeah. the 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 L's, the one two threes that are one inch on one, two inch on another, and then three inch, for a couple of bucks. Yeah, I got the orange one that I use all the time. I got mm -hmm. that on Etsy for I think a dollar fifty. Yeah, before shipping. Yeah, because I mean, people just throw them on there with other things they're printing off, and it just cuts it right out. Uh, there's nine. There's the the nine inch ones as well that have like nine on one side. Those are perfect for 40k because everything you know outside of nine inches so you just yeah. drop that down and you've got it pre-measured ready to go don't have to worry about the dead space on a tape measure bending it accidentally reeling it back in hitting models with it hitting your fucking fingertip with it like i do every time i play a game with one accidentally hooking that piece under a model's base and sending it to the fucking sun Ooh, nothing is <sighs> more heart-stopping than hooking somebody else's model and flipping it over and you're like oh no yeah i've I've had to be a lot more careful with my, because all my bases now are magnetized and you know, the tape measure has the metal piece on the end and I have 100% caught like a fucking Skaven clan rat on that and just wheeled him back in like 12 inches. Send him off to the moon whenever <laughs> yeah. it clicks well, on. My bad, buddy. Jeez. Sorry. And I have hundreds more. He'll be fine. Yeah. No, you, you could lose 20 and not really <laughs> yeah, notice. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, no agreed with the, uh, the, the measurement markers. They're very useful. Uh, on the subject of little acrylic things, though, reminder tokens. Yes. You can you can get them for every army. Like, you can go to Etsy and just type in, like, Skaven tokens, and you'll get a billion results that are like, you know, Warpstone tokens, plus one to wound tokens, just little bright discs that you can put next to your models or your units or next to rolls or dice pools that just tell you this is what this is for, don't forget this rule, you stupid fuck. Yes, I picked some up uh, right before we went to the uh, the New Orleans mm -hmm. uh, uh, tournament that we went to because uh, I have noticed over my years of wargaming that I'm real bad at keeping track of a multitude of rules. Uh, so I, I really need it when I'm like, oh, I'll cast this spell to give me plus one to hit. If I don't put that plus one to hit marker, I'm going to forget yeah. because I'm an idiot. And uh, even with the marker, I still sometimes do forget. It's just I get wrapped up in trying to remember my profiles and stuff. But if I look down and go, okay, because I super buffed him with you know X ability and Y spell and, in 
and Z command point. He's got a plus one to hit, a plus one to wound, and a plus one save. Okay, I can remember that. So yeah, having having that sort of shit's great. It's also great for when you get debuffed, like um, uh, uh, my game against Elias. He had the purple son of Shayish out, which essentially uh, gave me minus one to my armor save, which is a lot whenever you only got a four up. So having that minus one save on all of my Mega Gargants within eight inches of that spell was... It was a it was a reminder of the pain that was coming my way for sure, but it was also good to remember. So yeah, that'll uh, that'll fuck you up pretty good with that kind of thing, unfortunately. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, uh, I've it's like thirty bucks, I think, but I got a bag of like every possible reminder yeah, marker in Age of them. Sigmar. Yeah, and, and a multitude of them, too. There's like three or four, plus one to wound, plus one to hit, plus one to save, etc. Uh, there's a few that are minus two to save, minus two to hit, so, and so forth. Uh, but then a lot of them, you know, re-roll ones, re-roll sixes, re-roll all wounds, re-roll all hits. Just like anything you could think of that you might need to do because of a spell or special ability uh, for, you know, between 10 and $30 on Etsy, eBay, whatever. They're out there, and they make games so much more smooth. Uh, well, my next uh, aid is actually a Games Workshop official one. Uh, it's the thing that I hope that they end up bringing to 40k eventually, but I fucking love the War Scroll cards that they release for Age of Sigmar. Those are so incredibly useful. Again, like I said, I'm really bad at keeping track of my rules, and I'm really bad at keeping up with a bunch of different profiles for, for certain uh, uh, models and units and stuff. So having just three or four cards along the side of the table that I'm playing to say, hey, these guys do this, these guys do this, and these guys do this, that helps me tremendously. And I really hope they release them for 40K so I don't have to keep flipping through a codex all the time. It, it is hands down one of the best things that GW has released for Age of Sigmar. It's a shame about like you know the paper waste whenever you're going between uh, editions or new new battle tomes because I now have some out of date Sons of Bayamot cards, but uh, yeah, no, I, you know paper's cheap, so whatever yeah. it's recyclable, I suppose. Well, but the other so. thing about those cards is they only do one run of them usually. That's true. That and that is unfortunate. So it, because, it is unfortunate, uh, but it does reduce the paper waste. That's that is one positive, I suppose. <laughs> it, it would be nice if they made them uh, print on demand. Uh, Print on demand, exactly, because man, if you miss that first run and you really want War Scroll cards, those things shoot up in price crazy. on eBay. Oh man, because like, um, I got super lucky with my Gloom Spike Gets War Scroll cards when I got them, but those things are going for like seventy bucks on eBay right now. Not that anybody's buying them because the Gets are terrible right now, <laughs> but uh, when I got mine, I got lucky and got them for like twenty five, so essentially retail price yeah. when they came out. But, uh, and the quality on them is very good. Yes, like it's really not. Good card it's not talk. like just cheap ass paper or card. Like it's it's very very good card stock. Yeah, no, it's it's very well made. A lot of them also come with punch outs, which mm-hmm. uh, act as you know reminder tokens, like we just talked about cardboard, of course. But a lot of them, like the Gits one, for example, has like here's a marker to use as your bad moon. This one uh, is, you know, the itchy nuisance spell. There's just a lot of you know little little, little things to help keep track, as well as the War Scroll cards. Uh, Sons of Bayamot also came with the same one, so same thing. So you know you can remember uh, 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 stuff. I'm blanking on what comes on their yeah, tokens, the, but the Skaven ones the same. They they all usually have a thing like that. Like the the Urgold things are the ones that come with the um, uh, cheeky bud dwarves. That I can't actually remember their name anymore. Fire Slayers. Fire Slayers. Thank you, Christ. <laughs> yeah, no, I always call them butt dwarfs. I mean, you have a whole army that doesn't wear pants. Of course, you yeah, gotta call right. them butt. You mean my Skaven? They, yeah, I guess they don't wear pants. No, they don't. Thinking about well, actually, yeah. some of them do. Some of them have pants. But they have fur, though. They don't Thanks. really need pants, and most of them have loincloths anyway. Tell that to the seventies. 
<laughs> Jeez. <laughs> now I'm just thinking of 70s style Skaven. They look about the same. The sculpts haven't been updated that much. Oof. No, I'm more thinking like the style, like big popped collars and like, oh, you know, yeah. They're f- slightly the f- more changed than they already wear. The fur kind of like teased up into a fro. It would be, it'd be pretty fun. God, just chest fur everywhere. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, wow, that was a horrifying image. So glad that's there now. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome, listeners. Uh, another another great gaming aid is laser pointers, actually, which you wouldn't think would be nearly as useful as they are. Uh, specialist games, laser pointers are a godsend in things like Necromunda and Titanicus that are yes. really true line of sight based. Yeah, true line of sight is a big thing if you can keep track of it well. Yeah, so lasers are great for that, but there's also a uh, an army painter laser pointer that is like a, think of it kind of like a, a line level that gives a straight line down. And for things in like 40K where you're trying to draw marks from, you know, one base to another, things like that, it is massively fucking helpful. Why did my mouse just die? It's massively helpful to be able to just hard and fast do that line without, you know, flipping a tape measure over, pulling a string, whatever it may be. Um, they're, they're really great for checking line of sight on things. Even, like, pointing things across the table, they're useful for. Yeah, yeah, just being able to, I don't know, easily mark out anything on the mm-hmm. table is really nice for sure. Because um, we play a fiddly hobby with fiddly shit, and sometimes it's hard to, like, reach around to get to some stuff. But if you're like, that guy's shooting over there without having to, you know, physically touch something, it, it never hurts. Oh, dude, especially in Necromunda. Especially uh, in Necromunda. When we're, when we're using Phil's really awesome uh, Mechanicus terrain set. Oh, you mean uh, that I'm going to stab myself in the fucking forearm 937 times tonight? I have lost a lot of blood to that set. It's it's super cool, but man, it's got a lot of spikes, keeping very well in line with the 40k aesthetic. Oh, yeah. But wow, <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, it's nice to be able to save some skin as well as be like, no, no, this guy very obviously has line of sight. No, this guy doesn't at all, etc. Well, uh, I guess my next one will be. It's a very simple one that could be used for a lot of lot of game systems, which is uh, a really nice foldable faux leather dice tray, just something you can throw yeah. into a bag. Um, like, you don't really think about how uh, fucking dangerous dice are to your models yeah. until you play against somebody who, uh, uh, let's say, goes bowling with their dice more than actually rolling them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, you know, getting getting something with sides to keep their dice from just demolishing your very time-intensive and well-painted models, just keeping those things intact, that's very nice. Yeah. And, uh, and you can it's, get dice it's pretty good. for cheap. Yeah, so like the ones we have, you bought well, like three of them and got some for free or something on Etsy. Uh, um, no, it was uh, it was a fucking five pack for like ten bucks on Amazon. Yeah, and it was just super cheap, like faux leather. Like I said, it's got like a I don't know cardboard or something yeah. as the interior of it, and then it has these little uh, button clasps, so it's it can fold down and fit into a backpack super easily. Um, and so, you know, if you're rolling, like, 20, 30 dice, it's a great way to do that without just going everywhere. It's not going to fit if you have, like, you know, a 70-round shot, like if you're playing orcs or something. Yeah. But then you just roll, you know, three 20s and, and then 10. You don't have to go crazy with it. But uh, uh, I guess if you wanted to roll the full 70, you just bring a bucket. Yeah, and then, uh, you know, the other benefit to those is if you're playing an event or something like that, when it's time for you to move to your next table, you can take all of your other little gaming aids and drop them right down in top of the... The little dice tray, and it's a nice little plate to hold everything. 
Exactly. It's a, it's a simple one, but it's a multi-use one for sure. Yeah, no, it's, it's great as well. Uh, another one that I like to have on me a lot of times are poker chips. They can be used for marking objectives if you don't have neoprene mats, because they're the 40 millimeter size. Uh, they're also great for keeping track of command points. Uh, in a pinch, you can write on them and wipe it back off to help you remember things if you don't have a reminder token for something. Uh, plus, you can just fidget with them and clack them when you're thinking, and that's uh, that's kind of important. Especially if you get the really good actual poker oh, chips. Oh yeah, no, those, you got to. You got to have the nice ceramic chips. Those got some real tactile feel to them. That's just very nice. Yeah, Andrew, maybe that's what we should do uh, next year for Nova. Is uh, is just order a big ass set of dice like ice poker chips to give out. Ooh, that would be fun. Right? Yeah, I, uh, I have a set that I got from. Su- uh, subscribe to our people. Patreon to help us pay for fucking poker chips to give to people. Yeah, that's 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 just getting your money right back. <laughs> you know what? You know what? If if somebody if you subscribe to our Patreon, uh, when we do a poker chip set order, we will send you a set of fucking poker chips. If you were hey. a pa- if you were an active Patreon member when we do it actually seeing some return on your investment like straight up i would gladly do that yeah no that'd be super fun put our Uh, put our logo on one side and something probably fair enough on the other just for matt's sake we do say fair enough a lot we do or that's fair that's fair that's fair that's fair we do have a catchphrase (laughs) fair enough fair enough it'll say dice like ice on one side you flip it over it'll just go "Mm, fair enough or you just go, eh, it's a podcast. Yeah, it's a pod- It's a podcast, but podcast is in quotes. It's a podcast. <laughs> it's a podcast where one of the hosts consistently calls you viewers because he's dumb. Yeah, and the other one says um and er way too much. <laughs> Find out which is which, because it's both of us both times. Boom. Uh, but yeah, so uh, yeah, I, I do have a nice a nice set of those that I got from uh, Meeple Madness whenever we did that Leap Day tournament there, where yeah. um, one side says Meeple on it, which can be used as the objective, and you could write the one like you said, and the other side has command point on the other side. They made a specific uh, set of them for use for Warhammer or Age of Sigmar, and I use those all the time. Yeah. Every game, I use them for my command points. Yeah, uh, I have a set that, um, that we got at uh, New Orleans that I use. Oh yeah, the, uh, the, the Games Workshop ones, yeah. official ones. Yep, which they've the already reason, started to wear because I've used the shit out of them. I must say, the only reason I don't really use them is that the uh, the paint that they used for the logos kind of gave out. Like, yeah, it, it, it did. Wasn't, it wasn't very good to begin with, and it's pretty much gone already. Yeah. I'll, I'll need to go back and fill it in myself. Yeah, but still useful. Still useful to have yeah. something like that around. Yep, and uh, I think I'm out of gaming aids right now. <laughs> uh, well, you've always got the dice tower as well, which yeah. can always uh, be nice. Which kind of rolls in with the dice tray, because yeah, a lot yeah. of them are kind of built in, yeah. Which, uh, I guess if you really care about having random rolls, if you're one of those very, you know, anal people about that sort of thing, then that's a good way to make sure it's truly random every single time. Yeah, uh, another thing that I like to have that, I guess it's technically a gaming aid, but since all my stuff is on magnets, uh, I tend to keep either a, like, a cookie sheet, or, um, like, one of my trays from my magnet case nearby that way when my stuff does die i can just drop it right onto that and get it out of the way and yeah, it just having sticks a tray, right to it having a tray is super nice i guess that can also wrap into having a cart if you're doing like a tournament yeah oh like yeah a, oh my god a cart how do we forget the cart that was the greatest yeah, thing we've ever used big big shout out to dr chris for letting us borrow his cart Holy at nova shit. that thing was a lifesaver so if you're going to be at like an all-day event you can get 
it was like 80 bucks on Amazon or something. Yeah. Just a nice, cheap, foldable rolling cart that keeps you know, your book, your dice, your models. It, it's it's more than enough to fit it, pretty much everything you would need for Age of Sigmar or 40K. Uh, so if you're, if you're big on doing multiple day events or having multiple games in one day, that's well worth getting. Oh, yeah. That thing was, that thing was a godsend. And you could use it around the house whenever you're not doing Warhammer stuff. Yeah. Uh, there is uh, another very important gaming aid that we have both missed, Andrew. What's that? A fucking bottle of water. I thought you were about to say a bottle of wine. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's just a general, you know, yeah. life thing. Hydrate or dehydrate. Yeah, but talking back and forth over a game, like you, especially at like an event or something, you're going to get dry mouth. You're going to get parched. That bottle of water is going to be a fucking lifesaver. Well, and if you're playing a two or three hour game, you know, if you do that back to back and you don't think to grab a bottle of water, that kind of gets to you after a while. Yeah, you kind of get, you know, kind of get fuzzy headed if you don't get water yeah. quickly. And then I, I start to get a headache if I get dehydrated. So, you know, it kind of impedes your ability to game well if you're not hydrated. Yeah. Oh, man. I feel like there's there's definitely some other gaming aids out there that are just slipping my mind. There's plenty of them, but we're at about two yeah, hours. Yeah. So it's probably a good time to wrap it up. That's fair. Oh, there's also stratagem cards for 40K. Yeah, Instead of that's true. Codex, that's a very useful thing. Um, that is. I've actually started on the Dr. Chris and Ben side of the world with uh, with my army list stuff. It's kind yeah. of a gaming aid. And that is, I have a like a like a portfolio bindery thing that I've got my list that I keep it in. And then I've got it broken down in tabs by phases of the game. So when I'm in the shooting phase, I flip into shooting. On one page, I've got my list of, hey, don't forget these. These are the things you need. And then the stratagems are all in card sleeves right there for that phase. And that's super fucking useful to help me remember what the fuck I'm supposed to be doing during a turn. Now that I would definitely need if I was playing 40K again. Going yeah. back to what I said about the War Scrolls, because there's a lot of shit I can forget, especially in current 40K rules. Yeah, that thing has been a lifesaver. Um, and the very first page of it is something that... Uh, that you know chris and i talked about and it's here are the questions you should ask when you get to the table like do you have any movement shenanigans do you have any out of phase things that you can do do you have any this what is the the primary like thing your army can do if you had to describe how your army functions what would it be that kind of thing which that's way more of a competitive style streamlining thing um but i'm dumb and forget things so it's real useful for my just fucking smooth brain no, I mean, that's totally fair. I, I bookmark and tab every single one of my codexes because it's just really frustrating to flip through stuff to find things. So, you know, if I'm always flipping to, you know, my command phase abilities and then flipping back to the, the War Scroll card or whatever, that's that's super useful. If you can just get that all consolidated to one notebook. Oh, yeah, that could be your other gaming aid is uh, tabs for codexes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're great. <laughs> that's, yeah, kind of all you really have to say about that. <laughs> Uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, it's the little, like, post-it tabs you can get that stick to pages. Uh, my Two of my codexes and my Necromunda rulebook are currently full of them. And I think every book Andrew's ever owned has them in it. I don't have them in my current uh, Sons of Bayamop battle tome. You just got it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, uh, well, I don't have them in the Votan book either. I need to actually pick up a fresh pack so I can do all of them. Okay. But uh, yeah, no, it's it, it uh, just yes, like like we said, just for sake of ease of flipping the rules and stuff, especially in 40k because they yeah. don't have war scroll cards. Being able to flip to, you know, whatever infantry you're using at the time easily is uh, very nice. Yeah, so especially if you're doing it like a hundred times during a game. Yeah, it's I think it's most useful in Necromunda and Blood Bowl just 
because of where the skills and stuff are. Yeah, no, I, it's so useful in Blood Bowl. Oh, man, because you'd think the skills and everything would be consolidated to one area, but it's like, Not here's even skills, <laughs> then here's this phase, and then here's this. And, it's, ugh, and here are your agility so, skills. Oh, but here are your monster skills down here. Yeah, so I, I'd have those all tabbed out as well for that. It's very good for specialist games. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, but yeah, uh, we are starting to run a little long on this episode, but time is just a meaningless construct. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> Had to throw that in there. And we'll get at least, you know, 10, 15 minutes of this edited out. So Oh, oh yeah, easily, easily. Uh, so, you know, Andrew, you got any uh, any plugs you want to throw in? Any splashes for anything? Oh, well, we can always do the... Uh... The basic social medias. Uh, we are Dice Like Guys podcast on both Facebook and Twitter. Although both of those sites are beginning to crash and burn, and you know it's that kinda, brings it's me a lot of fun to watch. It brings me a lot of joy because I'll be real. Social media is kind of a blight on society at this point. A lot of bad shit comes from it. So you know, if you're forced to be on it, come to the good stuff like Dice Like Guys podcast. Uh, we're also on Instagram, uh, Dice Like Guys podcast there as well. Also owned by Facebook, but it's the more tolerable of the social medias yeah. in my experience. Uh, I'm at the Brush Goblin. Uh, he's at Mediocre Minis Painter. Yep. Um, so, you know, come and check out our stuff. Leave a comment. Dice Like Ice Podcast at gmail.com if you want to get more directly in contact with us and not have to go through the filter of bullshit social media. Uh, and then if you like what we do, check us out on Patreon, Dice Like Ice Podcast. Although I think we're actually just Dice Like Ice. I think, I think we're just Dice Like Ice on Patreon. So, yeah, you know, Google around. You'll find us. Throw us $5 or whatever. Listen to more of our content. Maybe get poker chips at some point in the future. Who knows? And also, the Patreon gets you access into our Discord. And we've had a pretty regular group uh, every Tuesday night on Discord. About 8, 8.30 we get on, Eastern Standard Time. Um, we all hop on, you know, work on models, shoot the shit. Some of the guys just play video games and hang out with us. And it's a really good fucking fun time. Uh, yeah. for fuck's sake, one night we were talking until like 3 a.m. all about what the perfect casting for a Dark Tower movie should have been. And, uh, yeah, like almost anything other than what they did. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, don't get me wrong, Ildrasheba is yeah. a great actor. Agreed. He should not have been Roland. No, no, for sure. But there's a lot of should have not been's in that movie. That's yeah. a terrible movie. But yeah, it's a, it's a good time. You know, you get to meet and hang out with some of the, the gaming group. Uh, some phenomenal painters in our group. <laughs> enhance your parasocial relationship with your favorite podcast guys. Right? oh man so uh as is tradition andrew what kind of advice are you going to leave us on i got one ready tony fuck well, you that's not fun this is bullshit yeah no i didn't want to be caught with my pants down for once uh the... <laughs> that makes one of uh, us advice keep your pants up no uh <laughs> that would have been fucking perfect that's it cutting it here Boom. Uh, no, it's, uh, f you know, weather's changing and allergies are a fucking thing. So change your goddamn HVAC filters. Yes. Uh, my sinuses have been fucking killing me for the past month and uh, doing that helps tremendously. Yeah. And since it is getting colder on the subject of filters, before you start your car, knock on your hood. Might be a little critter under there. Might be. There might be a nice little kitten or squirrel that's just seeking a little bit of warmth. Exactly. So don't, don't. Don't run over a fun, fuzzy friend. Exactly. Takes no time at all to just knock on your hood or kick on your tire as you go to get in your vehicle before you crank it up. There you go. Who knows? You might get a new little friend like Andrew's little buddy Bosco. Yep. And I can only keep the one, so I hope nobody else <laughs> runs out from under my car. <laughs> fair. Fair. Uh, all right, everybody. Well, once again, thank you all for listening and have a great night. Good oh, night. wait. You heard it here first. Change your HVAC filters.
Have ah, a good night, you everyone. For, you forgot how we do I things. I did. Fool. It's got, I'm living I'm living that Dayquil Nyquil life, man. Yeah, Have a good night, everyone. Bye. Dice Flat Guys must be nice to play some games with your friends. Necromunda makes you wonder how friendships end. So flip that table if you're able and consult your charts and graphs. <laughs> so let's have some fun and get it done. Or you can kiss my ass. Thank you once again for listening. You can always contact us at DiceLikeIcePodcast at gmail.com or find us on our Facebook or Instagram, also under Dice Like Ice Podcast. We would also like to give a big shout out to William James for our outro music and Scarlet Saturn for letting us use their music at the intro to our show. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.